So, neighbors, some wacko in iTunes is saying that all we talk about is Apple Incorporated. Well, we will not stop talking about Apple because they are the most important tech company on the planet. But we talk about lots of other things, like Ross Rubin from the NPD Group joining us this week to discuss the Apple AT&T merger, supply chain issues because of the Japanese earthquake. We will talk about Apple with Roberto Baldwin. He is an online editor for MacLife magazine. And columnist Joe Wilcox will explain why, if something happens, he might be forced to kiss the feet of Steve Ballmer of Microsoft. Can you believe that? All this and more this week on the Tech Night Out Live. We have Ross Rubin of the NPD Group, and we are talking about all the subjects that people care about. And I'll start with the first one, which is, should people, Ross, care about the fact that AT&T wants to tie up with T-Mobile? Why should anyone care? Well, there, there are certainly a couple of reasons why consumers might care. Uh, first of all, particularly in the short term, uh, not only does it uh, eliminate a major competitor from the landscape, but in particular, one that was offering a relatively aggressive pricing, a very interesting alternative to Sprint and Verizon in terms of its quote, 4G strategy now, you can quibble about whether T-Mobile's network was truly a quote, 4G network, but the fact of the matter was that it was offering very good uh, network access speeds at reasonable rates uh, and even had some advantages over those technologies in the short term, such as uh, being a a bit better on battery life, quite a bit better on battery life. Uh, So um, to have that spectrum and that option go away in the short term, uh, it it certainly uh, takes away a choice uh, from consumers. It, It also so gives current T-Mobile customers relatively few options in terms of where they might want to go uh, if they don't cotton or, or don't like uh, AT&T's uh, data plan pricing. Uh, they could go to Sprint uh, or they may have to go to a prepaid carrier like uh, Metro PCS or Cricket, uh, which are starting to get more aggressive about data plan. I think the question here is these prepaid plans, which is the yes. worst tongue twister ever, <laughs> Metro PCS or Cricket Wireless, would they want to get into the postpaid market at all and become, as they say, a fourth alternative? Cricket certainly wants to become a major national facilities-based carrier. And a facilities-based carrier means that you own your own network, you own your own network equipment. You're not just riding on somebody else's network as, say, Virgin Mobile used to do or TrackPhone uh, does today. Uh, so they want to build out their network. They want to have a national presence. It does 
doesn't really seem, though, that uh, there would be much advantage to them switching to postpaid. They really want to hold on to a segment of the market that very often does not have uh, credit or which uh, is attracted to the prepaid uh, business model. Uh, They get, uh, for example, a lot of parents uh, purchasing handsets for their kids and want to have that peace of mind of knowing that they can't uh, exceed uh, a certain amount in a certain month. But but more importantly, you know, a lot of their customers are just from rural parts of the country. Uh, They tend to pay in cash. Uh, a lot of them, uh, you know, unfortunately, we've heard of a few actual robberies of these stores and these dealers over the past uh, couple of years. Uh, and uh, and that is, you know, one of their differentiators that they are used to dealing with a, a cash-based business. Uh, sure, but cricket, why can't they just add yeah. postpaid, get more customers? I suppose they could add. Today, We're not talking I, I about replacing could. the prepaid. The prepaid is obviously where they made their profits as an alternative carrier. The other question is, a place like Cricket, does Cricket basically lease space or data or bandwidth from larger carriers? Do they have their own towers at all? They they do in in certain regions of the country, and they decided that they wanted to become a national carrier, right? They wanted to have their handsets offered at Best Buy and Walmart, and it was difficult to get that kind of exposure without being a national carrier. So what they're doing is for the interim, they're going to be uh, buying capacity on Sprint's network, but as kind of a stopgap, only until they can get national coverage on their own. Of course, that raises the bigger question here. Would this merger, if it passes, and we'll get into more of that in a moment, leave room for these other carriers to work together to build an alternative network of prepaid, postpaid, something that would be larger than any of them could be separately? You know, it's a, it's a challenge. Um, mo- most of the characterization of the merger l- leaves it as, as a uh, largely a duopoly uh, with Verizon and AT&T really having the premium spectrum holdings and, uh, and, and lots of capacity to roll out high bandwidth services. Sprint is sort of the, you know, the relatively little guy uh, among the national companies and then, you know, just, just lots of smaller companies that just don't have the kinds of resources or scale that any of the of the big three do. In fact, you know, if you look at their customer bases today, uh, I think both Cricket and Metro PCS are under 10 million customers. You know, in contrast, the combined AT&T uh, and T-Mobile would have uh, 130 million No, we customers. understand they're small. Yeah. I'm saying if you have three or four of them getting together, pooling their resources, merging, providing that fourth alternative. The other question I would have here is what sort of restrictions would the FCC and Department of Justice place on this merger if it passes muster? And I kind of think these days almost anything goes. I mean, if you had Comcast and NBC, they approve that. They would approve this with a few token conditions. So what kind of conditions would that entail? So that's difficult to say. There there may be some kinds of concessions to Light Squared, for example, which is a very interesting um, company looking to provide 4G service with satellite backhaul. Uh, Cricket has already signed up to use some of their bandwidth uh, as a backhaul. Uh, Best Buy has signed up uh, to offer service uh, over the Light Squared 
squared network. MetroPCS has also said that it's it looks like a very attractive option to them as well. So uh, it's an interesting new play, uh, and there have been concerns about how well it will be able to compete uh, in in light of the merger. One thing, of course, that the FCC could do would be to force AT and T, the combined company, to sell off some spectrum. Or in future spectrum auctions, if there are any, give priority to the smaller companies. Uh, sure. Certainly one of the drivers of the AT&T T-Mobile merger from both sides of, of the merger uh, is the quest for Spectrum. AT&T has been trying to buy up as much as it can. You know, it purchased uh, 700 megahertz Spectrum, which is very good uh, Spectrum for LTE from a company called Aloha Networks. It picked up the 700 megahertz Spectrum from MediaFlow, the uh, ill-fated cellular broadcast pay TV service. Uh, and now uh, T-Mobile uh, would give Give them a new swath uh, of spectrum in this 1.7 gigahertz band, which T-Mobile is currently using for 4G. That AT&T has indicated it, it would be able to uh, roll out uh, LTE on. T-Mobile is using it for HSPA Plus today. Right. You see, T-Mobile's 4G is debatable whether that's 4G or not. So certainly, you know, in terms of a technical definition, there's been debate. But the point is that they have been able to offer faster cellular service uh, to their customers. Let's look at this a little bit further because this gets very complicated and folks were trying to make it understandable how the customer would benefit in the real world if there is to be a benefit from combining two companies into one large one, reducing competition. And I want to analyze, of course, AT&T stated reasons and what the skeptical person might say, which is, well, they just want to kill off a competitor and have a bigger dominance. And this is a quick route, which is what all those mergers have been. AT&T is made up of mergers. Of course, we have Verizon, which bought Altel and years ago bought MCI, lots of stuff going on. We have Ross. Rubin. He's from the NPD group, and they do industry analysis of sales and such, and we're exploring the ramifications. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. It's the winter cold and flu supplement sale at HerbalHealer.com. Take advantage of Herbal Healer Academy's incredible savings on the best cold and flu supplements available. Many of you know elderberry is exceptional against viral infections. Right now, Herbal Healer Academy has elderberry power. Regularly priced at $16.95, now incredibly low at only $10 for 60 vegetarian caps. For children and seniors, our Herbal Healer Academy flu-away elderberry liquid is only $13 for a 4-ounce bottle. 
also on super sale. Olive leaf capsules, oregano oil plus capsules, and our incredible respirate formula, oregacillin physician strength capsules for your lungs. Normally $34.95, now just $25. Hit the winter specials link at herbalhealer.com for these cold and flu supplement specials and other on-sale products like apple cider vinegar, brain power, and neuro recovery. New customers get a free catalog with your first order. Log on and hit the winter specials now at herbalhealer.com. When making important financial decisions, you should always know the facts. That's why Midas Resources is willing to pay you to read the facts. Midas Resources, a team of hand-picked financial specialists with decades of financial experience who are ready to provide you with state-of-the-art, up-to-date financial services. Midas Resources offers a host of services and stands behind their products. In fact, if you call and order their free Midas report, Midas Resources will pay you. This detailed report will provide you with financial history on the safest and most profitable areas to invest in. If you read the report, Midas Resources will send you a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. So what are you waiting for? Get the facts and call Midas Resources toll-free at 888-292-2709. That's 888-292-2709. And remember, if you read the Midas report, you'll receive a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. Dr. David Berry has provided excellent advice for all those interested in practical economics and sound money. It's certainly worth reading. That's what Congressman Ron Paul said about Cha-Ching Wisdom, 123 Practical Universal Truths About Money, the new book by Dr. David Berry. The cool part of this book, certainly it'll speak to you personally, your life, your lifestyle, your, your money, your investments, but it also can be generalized into the nation. What's going on as a nation? We do these same things as, personally that we do as a nation. Dr. Berry's book, Cha-Ching Wisdom, presents many facets of your relationship with the once almighty dollar and how current national and international politics affect your daily life. Some of the other things are about that. They're not just uh, economic, they're philosophical. There's psychology involved in this book. There's philosophy involved in this book. Read Cha-Ching Wisdom by Dr. David Barry, only $9.95, available at chachingwisdom.com. That's C-H-A-C-H-I-N-G wisdom.com. Chachingwisdom.com. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightall.com. That's news at technightall.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightowl.com Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightowl.com We return with Ross Rubin of the NPD Group and we're talking about the merger involving AT&T and T-Mobile, whether the authorities will go along with it, what kind of conditions it might pose, but where the end user might benefit or might not benefit. Now AT&T says... They're doing it because they need that spectrum. They can't meet it now. It would take them five years to build out their network to deal with the growth. And right now, we all know that AT&T scores usually dead last in terms of carrier network quality. More drop calls. They used to have a commercial saying fewer drop calls, but that's, of course, debatable. So is AT&T telling you the truth here, or they just want to be bigger because 
You kill the competition, you make more money. Well, you know, certainly they would be eliminating, as I said earlier, a lower-priced competitor. They would have, at least for the short term, a a monopoly, essentially, on uh, GSM handsets uh, in in the U.S., uh, at least until we see broader uh, LTE adoption by Verizon and others. You know, from the T-Mobile perspective, T-Mobile today uh, really has to sort of make a uh, custom plea, if you will, to every handset company uh, to support its advanced spectrum uh, for its high-speed data services. And again, today, T-Mobile has, uh, you know, 30 million, between 30 and 40 million, I believe, customers to uh, essentially quadruple that with a combined AT&T, T-Mobile, AT&T would be able to make a much stronger case to handset companies to support that spectrum. uh, And and, and it it would not, T-Mobile customers or, you know, customers of the combined entity would, would probably have access to a broader array of uh, high-speed handsets, including the iPhone, by the way. Well, that's a big issue, of course, for T-Mobile. They're complaining, of course, to be, as they say, they're complaining, of course, that, you know, they can do better than AT&T because they have this, quote, 4G service. But that's, of course, market speak. You do what you can. And obviously, also, they have this unusual frequency that makes them incompatible with the normal GSM that, AT&T has, which means that Apple would have to build a special model to go to T-Mobile. Okay, let's look at some of the other issues here. From a practical standpoint, how long can this thing take? AT&T says a year. Is that conservative or is that just a little bit, you know, a little bit overreaching? It would take longer. I'd I'd say it's probably realistic to look at a, a year to 18 months. Okay, a year to 18 months. Now, there's a problem of integrating the networks. Now, I presume that AT&T and T-Mobile engineers are looking at this now, but it's not something that, for example, they get to go ahead with this merger, and they have to maybe allow for potential pitfalls in terms of conditions and terms, but they can't really do anything until it's okay 12 to 18 months from now. So even after that, it might take a year or two to finish this, right? That's right. Uh, You know, it's certainly not, I mean, Prior to the AT&T uh, offer for T-Mobile, uh, there had been rumors that Sprint uh, might be purchasing T-Mobile, and you know that would have created um, three carriers that were on more equal footing uh, in terms of subscriber bases uh, in the U.S., uh, AT&T, Verizon, and a combination of Sprint and T-Mobile. But that would have been a much more difficult network integration challenge than what you would see with uh, AT&T and T-Mobile. Uh, certainly not trivial, to your point, would certainly take some time. And, you know, frankly, uh, I'm not clear on exactly how uh, AT&T would use that 1.7 gigahertz uh, spectrum that T-Mobile has to enable LTE phones that work across um, uh, the various spectrum holdings that it has. But The question would be also, can you just add upgraded hardware that adds extra frequencies? Is this a big deal in terms of each tower making them compatible? I don't know. We'd have to have engineers explore that. Okay, so even if all this is done, am I right? It's going to take a while. Uh, Yeah, I think that's safe to say. I don't think it's just a software update. 
So. Uh, okay, so you probably have to do a lot of hardware engineering or something, swap out hardware, whatever. It's got to take months, maybe a year or two to make sure they're compatible. Not only that, but there's also time uh, and, and a lot of labor involved in upgrading to LTE. Another key driver that uh, T-Mobile is saying or the T-Mobile side is saying is that T-Mobile by itself did not really have a path to LTE, uh, and that's one of the reasons uh, that it it was using uh, the network that it was using uh, with AT and T. It would have that pathway, but you know, as we've seen uh, in terms of what Verizon is doing, for example, you know, it takes a good two years uh, to move from starting to roll out a cellular network to having complete coverage, uh, or at least coverage for say 150 million plus U.S. Uh, consumers. Okay, so AT and T says without T Mobile, it would take them five years. Based on what you're telling me, maybe it takes three. <laughs> maybe. So maybe you save a couple of years, but you spent $39 billion in <laughs> cash and stock transfers. Now, if AT&T took, I don't know what their portion of that is, maybe $20, $30 billion. They take the $20, $30 billion, instead of buying another company... They just build out their network. Wouldn't that be cheaper? If they felt they had enough spectrum. You know, I mean, maybe they're counting on uh, other advances in that five-year figure, again, like Light Squared, you know, or some of these other, uh, some, you know, some other future auctions uh, that, it, that it might bid on. But um, uh, I suppose the, the difference is that here it... You know, it, 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 it has the advantage of, of uh, towers and infrastructure that may need to be adapted, uh, but perhaps not be built from scratch, uh, as in the five-year scenario. And possibly people who expect that the iPad 6 would be the first one available for former T-Mobile subscribers <laughs> might be living a pipe dream. Uh, perhaps. Okay, you're not going to comment about I, that. I, I have no insight on the iPad 6. Okay, obviously <laughs> we're thinking in terms of the model designation as opposed to what it might contain. We assume there will be a new model next year. Will T-Mobile subscribers be able to get that one as right. part of this merger? Doesn't sound very likely, does it? We'll see. I mean, again, I'm not sure what the integration would be. I, I know that there has been some concern about the 3G or, you know, quote, 4G phones that T-Mobile is selling now uh, because AT&T is saying, you know, we're going to repurpose that spectrum. Um, but I, I do think that consumers will get a useful life out of out of those handsets you know to to the point we've been discussing you know it's not as if on january 1st uh those phones turn into paperweights you know it's uh it's going to take some time to reposition all that stuff so you've probably you know if you bought uh one of those t-mobile 4g handsets today you know you're you're likely looking at at, at least three years uh, out of that device they probably have to grandfather that in some way, you know, make sure they don't make changes. And that might even be one of the requirements in the merger if the FCC and the Department of Justice have their way. We'll see. Ross Rubin of the NPD Group joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Yeah. 
Ever been to a concert and wish your friends could experience the atmosphere with you? Ever been on a mountaintop and wish you could share the beautiful view with your family? Ever thought, they've got to see this? Share those amazing experiences with the unique photo collages of the iPhone app You Gotta See This by Boing Software. Now available for the iPhone 4, iPod Touch, and the brand new iPad 2 for just $1.99. See great examples at boinks.com slash see this. In this connected world, your Mac needs to be protected from the many threats that come over the Internet. But how can you stay up to date with the security issues that now affect Macs? The Mac Security Blog covers all the security threats to Macs, keeps you informed about essential updates to your software, and alerts you when new threats or malware are discovered. Keep your Mac safe. Visit the Mac Security Blog at blog.intego.com. That's blog.intego.com, blog.intego.com. If you own a septic system or if you're facing costly septic system replacement, this message is for you. When you want to stop paying for pump outs and avoid backups, when you've had enough of the foul odors and costly repairs, use BioSafe One Septic Solution. Now there's an easy-to-use, 100% guaranteed answer to all your septic system problems. BioSafe One Septic Solution. BioSafe One is patented and made specifically for all septic systems and made by the same team of scientists to help clean up the Exxon Valdez oil spill. BioSafe One decontaminates and removes sludge, stops costly pump outs and repairs and remove septic system stench all with a 100% success rate see what gives biosafe one septic solution the advantage over any other septic product at biosafe1.com that's b-i-o-s-a-f-e-o-n-e.com biosafe1.com or call toll free 1-866-424-6663 that's 1-866-424-6663 biosafe one the guaranteed bio-friendly money-saving way to clean your septic system Daddy, I'm hungry. That little girl will get fed, for now. But what if people like Glenn Beck are right about the threats we face? If the U.S. dollar loses its status as the global reserve currency, prices on the things you need most will skyrocket. Food may be unaffordable, or worse, unavailable. Earthquakes, economic turmoil, continuing unemployment, rampant inflation, and even threats of terrorism are all reasons to let the experts at Ready Reserve Foods help you with a long-term food storage plan. Ready Reserve Foods has been a premier supplier of long-term storage foods for 37 years. Their unique process assures the highest quality long-term food storage available worldwide. Their products have a shelf life of 25 years, and a year's supply of quality food for two people only takes up about as much space as a refrigerator for a fraction of what you now pay at the grocery store. You owe it to your family to find out more from Ready Reserve Foods. Call today for their free full color catalog at 1-800-453-2202. That's 1-800-453-2202. Fight back this cold and flu season with the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. Why Ali C? Because it helps your body fight viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Ali C has been scientifically proven in double blind studies using low doses to greatly reduce the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin, the active ingredient in crushed garlic. Studies show Ali C is effective against MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. One tablet of Ali C has the equivalent of 40 cloves of garlic. Ali C supports your body's resistance to all types of conditions and can help lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So boost your body's resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 1-877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com for your Ali C today. 
Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're listening to the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. We're speculating because it's fun about what might happen with the AT&T T-Mobile merger with Ross Rubin of the NPD Group. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Now, predictably, of course, Sprint says it's the worst tragedy of all, but Sprint would have to say that. Dan Hesse is going to say that because he's not going to say, oh, I welcome this competition. It is, you know, you're beating us over the head. That's kind of what they're doing to him. Uh, yeah, it, it certainly leaves Sprint in, in, in a pretty difficult spot, right? Because it it is trying to compete head to head. I mean, even before it was difficult to for Sprint to compete head to head with AT and T and Verizon in, in terms of things like you know advertising spend, right? If you look at what AT and T and Verizon uh, today spend on national TV advertising, uh, it's far more than what uh, Sprint uh, spends. So and. They- they can't even get the talented guy to use their CEO in the commercials. Uh, I think I think he's done a pretty good job, all things considered. Uh, he's very folksy. I mean, he's really good at it. Uh, he's been in the business for a long time. Uh, I uh, perhaps somewhat paradoxically, he was uh, the head of AT and T Wireless uh, many many years ago. Uh, the pre singular merger, uh, AT and T Wireless. Uh, but uh, but in any case, these two hundred million plus uh, um, or you know carriers potentially really uh, really have great scale advantages over Sprint. Uh, also, both of those carriers have a roadmap sooner or later uh, to. LTE and uh, Sprint working with Clear uh, has been backing an alternative 4G standard called WiMAX, and you know it just puts more pressure uh, on Sprint uh, in terms of scale, in terms of availability of handsets to to say, well, I, I can't beat them. Uh, perhaps I should join them. Uh, and support uh, this LTE standard. Now, Clear's been a problem. I understand they've had revolving executives and varying strategies they haven't kind of sorted out yet. You know, Clear has uh, a lot of different parties invested uh, in in the company. Uh, Sprint uh, clearly owns a, a large chunk of it, but you've also got Intel, Google, uh, and a couple of um, uh, major cable companies, Comcast and Time Warner Cable, uh, as investors. Investors uh, in uh, Clearwire as well, and you know, again, they have just been spending uh, extensively to build out uh, this national WiMAX network. And you know, we keep hearing uh, hints from them here and there that they could switch to LTE uh, if they wanted to. <laughs> uh, so um, I, I think the original idea behind WiMAX was that they would be able to beat Verizon uh, and other LTE uh, carriers to market by, oh, perhaps two to three years. And what it really wound up being was, you know, just as Sprint and Clear were finishing up their national rollout, getting to big cities such as San Francisco and New York, Verizon launched in those cities about four months later. Um, so it, it really did not turn out to be the huge time to market advantage they had hoped. There was a report in the Arizona Republic not long ago saying that Clear was going to do a broadband, wireless broadband test in Phoenix where anybody could access their wireless network and get performance similar to cable. 
modems and things like that. Now, if that were true, it would mean that we'd have competition. Right now, we really have very low competition in many cities. Here in Phoenix, you can either go to Quest if they have wiring, which is this kind of asymmetric DSL thing that sort of works if you're close enough to the some kind of network pedestal or something, or you live in a place like I do, which is not wired for Quest, so I'm stuck with Cox. I have mm-hmm. no choices. So wireless would be a choice if you could scale it, if you could deliver a good performance. But I heard nothing of this test. Well, that you know, that was clearly that. Forgive the pun, but that that was Clear's original business was in fixed wireless. You know, where you can get uh, better speeds uh, in general. So it's an older version of the WiMAX standard, and 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 you know, the WiMAX standard will be upgraded. Right? They will have their second generation uh, where they'll improve the speeds, but it's just sort of very similar to the old uh, situation we had with GSM and CDMA and Verizon. Somewhat. Uh, learned from the pain of that uh, and decided to switch to the network that offered more scale. While these wireless network standards will get faster uh, across the board uh, and can provide uh, perhaps the equivalent of wired internet speeds today, uh, they are really not a substitute in, in many cases for wired internet access. And if you talk to AT&T and Verizon, I mean, they may be a little biased because they have fiber offerings, but even in places where they don't offer those services, they are, you know, they, they uh, are, will, will admit that uh, it's, it's just not a substitute for full-time uh, cable cable service. I know Sprint had a service a long time ago called Sprint Broadband Direct, which was okay until it started getting saturated networks, and then the upload speed would go down the tubes. Mm. So they stopped doing it some years back. I tried it for a year or two before the cable broadband had reached my neighborhood. But there you go. Now, the other possibility, some people are saying, well, maybe Sprint will be forced to go to Verizon. But if it's hard enough for... AT&T and T-Mobile to merge, you can bet that Sprint <laughs> and Verizon would be a harder nut to crack. Yes, that, that would certainly be difficult. Uh, not only that, but uh, you know, Verizon has uh, publicly already said that it has no interest in acquiring Sprint. So there you go. I don't think it's going to happen. We'll have to see how it happens. Do you think there's any chance at all the government will say no? I think there's a very low chance of that. There's always a chance of that, but uh, I think looking at the political climate in Washington, uh, I I would say that that's very unlikely. So it's going to happen 12 to 18 months hence. We'll have to see when T-Mobile subscribers can get their iPhones, but I kind of <laughs> think it's going to be 2013 or 2014. iPhone 6, iPhone 7. Who the heck knows? Speaking of Apple and its products, of course, we're hearing all the concerns voiced now in the industry by tech writers about the supply chain because of the earthquake and tsunami in Japan, the fact that we have all these power issues because of the nuclear power plant. So are your sources giving any indications that the part shortage is going to be severe and is showing up yet or what? Well, NPD, uh, you know, I have colleagues uh, in Japan. Uh, I was, uh, in fact, uh, just there in uh, in February. Um, Aren't you uh, glad you didn't come there later? 
Well, you know, it's clearly a tragedy whether I, I was there or not. Uh, uh, but, um, you know, and I'm, I'm glad that uh, my, my colleagues uh, have been safe and, you know, nobody uh, was uh, affected or, you know, injured or, or worse in, in the earthquake. But, you know, clearly it's it's a, a terrible uh, natural uh, uh, disaster. Uh, and, uh, you know, and also I don't know uh, what the follow-up or the impact of the follow-up quake uh, may have been. But the word that we have received uh, from some of our analysts uh, who work in our display search group, uh, in fact, uh, they, they did write a post about this on uh, displaysearchblog.com, uh, if you want to go check that out, uh, is that uh, uh, they did not uh, expect the impact of the quakes uh, on the consumer electronics supply chain uh, to be uh, to be that significant. Um, uh, it seems that most of the manufacturing is done in places that uh, were not severely affected by the quakes. Um, uh, and at least in terms of some of the components, uh, there are, you know, alternative sources. Uh, so, um, you know, the, the expectation uh, has been that there won't be uh, very severe disruption uh, of components um, uh, because there are other sources for those components and other uh, assembly uh, factories for many of the finished goods. Uh, so... Um, you know, while uh, of course, again, it's a uh, uh, it's, it's a very uh, devastating um, uh, event from a uh, human uh, experience perspective, uh, it doesn't seem to to be having much of an impact on the consumer electronics supply chain, with, with a few exceptions, perhaps, uh, uh, perhaps in some, uh, for example, digital imaging. Let's do this in a moment. We have Ross Rubin of the NPD Group. Don't forget, if you have a comment or a question about the Tech Night Owl Live, we want to hear from you. Just write us, news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. I guarantee we will read each and every letter we get. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! Of the Rockaways. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes... The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to 
fit your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver. That's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver. UtopiaSilver.com or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. UtopiaSilver.com. Taking back America's health care one American at a time. Going solar for cheap is as easy as one, two, three. If you want to go solar but thought the setup costs were too high, now you can build your own solar panels for less than $200. Don't laugh. We've sold over 45,000 solar do-it-yourself kits. Watch our introduction video at 123cheapsolarvideo.com. The video is free, but it won't last long. Save money on electric bills and get off the grid. Go to 123cheapsolarvideo.com right now. Our website again is 123cheapsolarvideo.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Freedom. Blistering anti-globalist anthem from the rock band Ravelin. Just one of 11 great songs from the album Under the Sun. Available on iTunes and at Ravelin.com. R-A-V-E-L-Y-N. Ravelin.com. Spring and a new growing season are here. Plant a healthy garden easy and fast with OrganicaSeed.com. Easy because OrganicaSeed.com offers one of the largest online selections of organic, heirloom, non-hybrid, and untreated seeds, as well as tobacco and cotton seeds at low prices. Go to OrganicaSeed.com, spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-C-A-Seed.com. OrganicaSeed.com. Remember, Organica Seed is healthy seed. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. You're listening to the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. We return. Ross Rubin of the NPD Group. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. We're talking about... The issues with regard to the supply chain as a result of the tragedy in Japan, will it affect you getting your favorite consumer electronics product? Of course, we know that certain pigments for cars, like certain types of black, certain shades of black used by some manufacturers are going to be difficult to come by. We have erratic performance from plants that assemble cars. But in terms of consumer electronics, you don't see it being near as bad. That's uh, that's what I've heard from my colleagues on the ground. Okay, and there, of course, I would think in terms of Apple, you know, we have this crack supply chain guy there, Chief Operating Officer Tim Cook. I would find it incredible to believe that he didn't consider that there could be a problem in the supply chain because of natural disaster or anything from certain factories and wouldn't have alternative methods of getting the parts he needs. Absolutely. That's, uh, you know, just something that modern, you know, all modern multinationals uh, that produce products need, need to think about. 
Maybe not the auto industry, but maybe with the auto <laughs> industry, you know, parts are sort of more tightly focused or maybe they're being foolish as well. I don't know. We'll have to see how that works. Although right now it does seem that despite the worldwide demand, the backlog of iPad orders is getting shorter. What was it, five weeks to four or three now? We'll have to see how that goes. Let's look briefly at some other consumer electronics products now. Maybe you don't have all the stats, but maybe we can talk about this in general. And that is, it looks to me that obviously the iPad 2 is doing well. What about PCs in general? How are they doing? You know, notebook uh, sales uh, continue to be relatively uh, strong and consistent on uh, on the low end. Um, you know, toward the end of 2010, we really saw the netbook shake out. And while the iPad uh, certainly gets a lot of credit, at least some of it uh, deserved for uh, putting pressure on on the netbooks uh, at that price point. Manufacturers have also gotten more aggressive with uh, on the pricing of larger screens, uh, so that has also put pressure on netbook sales um, uh, and um, you know t- tended to. Um, influence some some revenue growth uh, as well from the netbook category. But basically also what this means is if you can buy a notebook computer, maybe it's bare bones, but get a decent sized screen and pay hardly more than a netbook, why do you need a netbook? Exactly. You know, I mean, certainly there is a segment of the market that really prizes that portability. Uh, that's uh, that's probably the segment that's going to be more drawn toward iPad and, and the tablets. And then there are some who were just looking for a cheap PC, and uh, the industry has uh, had some success in, in pushing those consumers uh, to, to a more full-featured product. Now, when it comes to tablets... One thing I see is that the other companies, other than Apple, they're selling performance specs like the Motorola Zoom, whereas Apple sells the user experience. And Apple's succeeding at that. So I would think, and correct me if I'm wrong and we can speculate on it, that if I wanted to compete with Apple, I would build a better user experience, try to work harder to build an app ecosystem, make a simpler OS, but it doesn't seem like they're doing that or even trying. You know, I'd I'd say that... um HP perhaps is uh, is trying to do that. Uh, clearly, they have uh, they have been at a significant disadvantage in terms of the uh, number of apps uh, that are available for the platform. Uh, but they are trying to build that ecosystem, and we could have a, a long discussion about the value of WebOS uh, on some of the devices they're putting it on. But they are trying to expand the base uh, for WebOS apps, uh, and uh, and they're also doing something that uh, other competitors or not, which is uh, taking advantage of retail channels uh, and offering a 500, well, we don't know what the opening price will be, but at least opening a, a, a starting with a Wi-Fi only product, which will likely uh, allow them to hit that $499 price point, uh, which uh, generates a, a lot more consumer interest, even though consumers tend to uh, spend more on the tablet ultimately. All right, but they're going to try to deliver a good user experience. That has to be part of it. That has to be all of it, really, because, oh, uh, you know, a tablet's a tablet. You know, you can get the hardware. Anyone can get the hardware. Yes, Apple does their yeah. custom chip design. But anyone can get something that looks pretty, that's fast, and all that stuff. But if you don't give them the experience, it means nothing. 
you know, again, I, I think that WebOS does offer um, a pretty solid user experience. Uh, in the past, it's been very slow, and uh, the battery life has not been great. Uh, but uh, HP has done a lot of work, and the Palm, former Palm team has done a lot of work on that. They've optimized the software. They're, they're going to have a much faster chip in there than was in the uh, original Palm Pre. So hopefully they've addressed those issues, and if, if they have, then it should provide a, a pretty good user experience. Uh, they're also doing things like uh, uh, that touch-to-share technology, which is kind of a cool new way of transferring information between devices. Now, of course, people expect most of the competition to come from Android-based devices. Uh, and there, I think, we're also starting to see companies step up their effort a little bit to build on top of what Google provides. Uh, again, it's still early. Uh, Google has not released the source code yet for Honeycomb. So I understand I mean, they've delayed that. Yes, they have delayed that. So That doesn't really help, does it? It doesn't help with the proliferation of devices that we've seen in the smartphone space. The other uh, problem you have, though, the biggest problem is Apple has made the iPad into another cultural icon. Everyone from the president of the United States has one. You <laughs> see it on TV, it becomes a plot. How the heck do you compete with that? I think there are a lot of ways to compete with it. I think there are more ways to compete with the iPad, uh, more variables to compete with the iPad than there were for the iPod, right, where Apple was early and had a dominant position and continued to own the entire category. Now, we may be in for a rerun of that with the iPad, but, for example, you know, uh, I think varying the screen sizes buys you a lot more differentiation in the tablet market uh, than it does in the uh, than it did in the MP3 player market. Being able to do things like wireless uh, video or have an HDMI uh, connector on there—that's uh, something that Apple added to the iPad too. Uh, but you know, that's that's another place where. Uh, competitors could differentiate uh, integrating in with the television as Vizio is doing uh, maybe another area where competitors can differentiate so you know we'll see how meaningful these differences are to consumers uh, but there is room to differentiate certainly there's room to differentiate and I always think that you know if they basically would let the creativity of their people, the best people, all these big consumer electronics companies soar into new ideas, new concepts. They could beat Apple. They can beat anyone. I say the same thing about Microsoft. Microsoft, <laughs> you know, they have the talent. They have the tools, as they said in that movie. We've got the tools. We've got the talent. But the executives have to let them do it and not be afraid to fail because I don't think Apple is afraid to fail. And that's the biggest thing about Apple. They're not afraid to fail. They try something. And if it's another Macintosh G4 Cube, so be it. But, you know, they'll make changes in products. We'll have to see how that works out, how that shakes out, or whether it's too late. Or maybe someone will come up with a better idea. But <laughs> let me ask you a final question about tablets before we let you go. Do you foresee maybe in three to five years, whoever is the number one, two, three, whatever, that tablets will take a really, really large portion of the traditional PC market for a lot of people? 
I think it could happen. Um, I, I do think that uh, for it to take a, a bigger chunk, we are going to need to see more form factor variation. So particularly with something as large as a 10-inch display, uh, I think there is room in the market for keyboard-enabled devices. Um, that's another potential differentiation point, by the way. Sure, but uh, you can just, use a wireless keyboard with an iPad. You, you can, but... And you also know. the other question about differentiation... Does it make a difference if the screen is 9.5, 10.1, 9.7? You know, little tiny variations just confuses people. Why not worry about competing in real meaningful ways rather than a minor screen size differentiation? Well, well I'd, I'd argue that there is a difference between 7 and 10 inches. Yeah, argue, there's a question, you know, whether Steve Jobs seems to feel it doesn't help. We'll have to see whether 7-inch tablets sell really, really well if people really want them. Yep, we'll see. It's a customer who decides. Yeah, at least they're trying it. But when they get 9.7 and 10.1 and 8.9 and all this silliness where it's almost the same, I don't think that's the factor that's going to make one product more successful than another. But mm-hmm. a totally different size, well, at least you can try it. What's the worst that could happen? It won't sell. You'll try something <laughs> right. else. Hey, Ross Rubin, where do we find more of the stuff that you write about? Um, all over the place, but uh, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at uh, at Ross Rubin, R-O-S-S-R-U-B-I-N. So that's the place where you kind of give links to everything. I suppose, yes. It's a good place to start. Ross Rubin, ladies and gentlemen, lives on Twitter. <laughs> In fact, getting him away from Twitter, that magic 144 characters... <laughs> has been a miracle to get him on the show. Ross Rubin, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. My pleasure, Gene. Thanks. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Roberto Baldwin, he's the online editor of Mac Life Magazine, is joining us. And before we were talking on the show, we were going over different topics. And one of them was an article that Joe Wilcox wrote, which inspires a lot of discussion. And that is, if Windows Phone 7 is number two by 2015, I'll kiss Steve Ballmer's feet. That's what Joe says, and we're going to get a personal reaction from Joe one of these days. Roberto, having heard that and having seen what the analysts are saying about Windows Phone 7, I have another question here. What drugs are they taking? You know, I don't know. I think they're still... 
looking at the uh, the eighties model, and they're like, well, you know, Windows Seven phones going to be, it's it's going to be sent out to all these different phones, and of course, because of that, it's going to be number two. But it doesn't seem to be taking off like you know, obviously, like Microsoft would like it to, like Android or the iPhone. And I, I think his lips are safe. I'm pretty sure he's going to be fine. And if there's anything we've learned in the last few years is if Steve Ballmer loves something, it's going to fail. And if he hates something, it's going to succeed. So he, he hated the iPad. He did. He hated the iPad. He laughed at the idea of the iPhone. And um, they're both doing gangbusters. I would like to have an idea and call him and see what he says. If I have any sort of startup ideas, I'm going to start calling uh, Balmer and asking him, hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing ABC. What do you think? And if he says, oh, that's a horrible idea, boom, I'm calling VCs the next day. You better get those venture capitalists in there. You know, that's it. But let's like, take a look at this here about Microsoft. Now, they've got all these resources. After laying off a bunch of people, they've got, what, 80, 85,000 employees, Mm-hmm. They make tons of money, huge profits still, but lately they're stagnant. They can't figure out how to sell their product. They have to tell us that the most important thing of Windows 7, forget about Windows Phone 7, but the most important thing about Windows 7 is the ability to pin document windows on the sides of the screen or its cloud support. So you have this commercial where they have this flash to the cloud, and I think of Batman in the mm-hmm. <laughs> 60s where Adam West says, to the Batmobile, Robin. So what's wrong with Microsoft? All that resource, but they can't figure it out. The, you know, they're, they're, they're a company that's built kind of, and I hate being the guy who says the old sort of media or the old way of doing business, but they, they kind of are where you could move slowly and still create products that, that sold. You know, they're getting eaten alive by these smaller companies, including Apple, who is able to switch gears really quickly. It, there's people at Microsoft to hear who they don't know who they're supposed to be reporting to. You know, I have like 15 managers above me. Now, that's too many managers. When you have that much red tape and that much bureaucracy in a company, you know, you're moving at a glacial speed. And if you're doing everything by, you know, we have 15 managers in a room deciding how, you know, you're going to pin a document to the side of your window, as opposed to having, you know, Steve Jobs, who just says, this is how we're doing it. This is how it's going to get done. Do it now. And regardless, and, and, isn't that the problem that infected General Motors too? Yes. Where General Motors needed to produce a product. So you'd have the 15 managers get in the room and they say, well, this is a little bit too cutting edge. We can't do that because people won't buy it. So they get this homogenized piece of dreck. Exactly. And, you know, why did GM fail? Is it because of anything? Well, let's take a look at all the other companies that are succeeding. We look at Honda. We look at Hyundai in South Korea. Hyundai and Kia are succeeding gangbusters. And I hope or I assume they don't have committees in there deciding how the next Sonata or Optima are going to look like. Yeah, it is that sort of like, you know, manager culture that's that's kind of killing a lot of these companies where you have, you know, the, the sort of design guide by committee. And I, I remember reading uh, an interview with Steve Jobs and he was talking about, you know, you would look at a car and they'd show it at the auto show and it'd be this great, beautiful car. And then the bean counters and everyone gets together and they just strip it of all of its beauty and they create, like like you said, this homogenized, you know, thing that looks like every other car on the, on, on the market. When, you know, and he talked about when he was talking about the iMac where... You know, he said, this is what we want to do. We want to put it inside this. And every time an engineer would say, well, we can't do that. He's like, well, maybe you shouldn't be here. (laughs) Or he'd say, go figure out a way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, if you look at the design of the iPad 2 with this aluminum casing and what Apple did with this unibody, well, they didn't have to do that. But they did it because it looks good. It's strong. It's light. It has value. But setting up 
fabrications at factories had to be terribly difficult. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, and, but they're looking at, you know, it has to be, and computers are more than just, you know, these just kind of ugly boxes that you used to shove under your desk. And, you know, the iPad is a computer, your, you know, your cell phone or your, your smartphone is a computer, and it has to be physically pleasing. You have to look at it. You have to want to be able to hold it. It has to be tactile. And Apple knows this, and they know that when you're using your machine, whether it's a desktop machine or something you're shoving in your pocket or in your backpack, it, regard, you want it to look nice, you know, we all want some stuff that looks nice and, you know, it should be an extension of you. And I've never heard anyone getting rid of a Zune and being like physically, you know, being emotionally attached to it. But I've heard tons of people who I bought like broken iPods and they're like, I feel so bad getting rid of this. It's like I'm getting rid of a child or a, or a pet. No, it's that feeling of attachment. But you see, as we agree, we've got to agree, the talented people are there at Microsoft. They're there at Samsung. They're there at Motorola. There's a lot of people in these companies who have the creativity to build that stuff, but management will always say no. They won't green light it. They have to have something that's predictable. Of course, I guess we're having that problem with movies this year. Nobody's going to the movies because all the movies are awful. Oh, yeah. It, it's, yeah, and it's the same thing where it's like, okay, well, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a built-in base for this sort of genre. Or there's, you know, it's, it's the same ideas. You know, we're, we're, we're making TV shows based on Twitter feeds now, and <laughs> I'm just, okay. Well, do you remember, speaking of that, a couple of years back, they were looking at the Geico commercials about the cavemen. Oh. So someone <laughs> says, let's do a show featuring these characters, the same actors. And the only person they had in the cast that we'd recognize is Sam Huntington, who played Jimmy Olsen in Superman Returns and is now the werewolf in the American reimagining of the TV series Being Human. Anyway, the cavemen lasted, what, an episode and a half? Oh, it's yeah, a commercial. Was- it's, even the commercials were getting dull. You know, we might as well have a show featuring the gecko next or any character that you've seen in a commercial. It, yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for Flo from the Progressive um, commercials to get her own show. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm foreseeing that soon. Well, we understand that the woman who plays that part is a comedy actress, so obviously she does probably appear in things. Maybe not in her Flo getup, but of course she does. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. It's 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 a sort of well, we know what kind of we know it works. This is what's working here, and so we should just translate it to television or to the movies. It's it's yeah, it's 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 sad. I've um, I used to work in in t- television, and I, I've I've dealt with these uh, studio executives. And what was your capacity as a TV um, employee? I worked as a runner for the television show Extra, and then I was a producer reporter for TMZ. And some of these, you know, some of the executives get it, but a lot of them are very, they're, they're afraid. Can I ask and you briefly, Roberto, what is a showrunner? We always hear that term. John Smith is a showrunner now for Castle or something. What is a showrunner? What's the task? What does it mean? Oh, so there's the showrunner, the person who he's kind of above, like the producer. He kind of keeps the whole show going. He's making sure everyone's doing what they're. He's he's the president of the show. How's that? Um, but what I would did at extra, he's was the operating a, manager. He's yeah. Tim Cook of the TV show. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And then what I did was a runner. So I wasn't a showrunner. I was just a runner. So I just had to go around and get people coffee and pick stuff up. And um, it's amazing what you see in here when you're in that capacity because they expect like 90% of those people to kind of drop off the, um, you know, the earth. But, you know, the 10%, we, we rise up and we remember all these little things we hear and we remember You were all. the fly on the wall. 
Exactly. They, you're, you're, you're buzzed around and you're doing these menial tasks, but you're hearing how Hollywood works and it's crazy. Yes, it's it's very crazy. It's it's very if if uh, if someone else has an idea, they're all over it. Well, that's also, I guess, how corporate America and corporate Earth works. Look at yes. corporate Earth, and they're all doing the same thing. Like you have Motorola, and they have the name for this product Zoom with an X. And someone probably thought, "Wow, look at powerful it zooms! It's so powerful." And then you think, "Well, Microsoft had the Zoom as opposed to a Zoom." Don't you think there's a connection? Didn't anybody think that? I did. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it, it probably it's a big consp- it's a big confusing because there's also a Zoom. Um, there's those audio recorders which are actually really nice. And so whenever I, people kept talking about the Zoom, I'm all the audio recorders, and they're like, oh no no no, the the Motorola tablet. I'm like, oh, but they spell it with an X because I, apparently X makes it more extreme. Which is- marks his spot. We have Roberto Baldwin from Mac Life Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. You expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. Hey neighbors, Nuance offers Dragon speech recognition for a variety of platforms. Dragon Dictate for Mac, Dragon Naturally Speaking 11 for Windows, and Dragon Mobile Apps for BlackBerry, iPhone, and iPad. No matter how you compute, Dragon instantly converts what you say into text, helping you be more productive just by talking. Find out more at GetDragon.com. That's GetDragon.com. GetDragon.com. Normal blood pressure, naturally. How would that make you feel? I'm Don from New Mexico. January of 2000, I had a heart attack. Then my real health began going downhill, and I had uh, high blood pressure, high blood sugar, poor vision, and I really wasn't sleeping well. I was a mess, pretty much. Don reports dramatic improvements with heart and body extract. I started taking uh, heart and body extract, and from within a few days, I started sleeping a lot better. My blood pressure uh, normalized, my blood sugar normalized, and uh, my sleep really did improve. Experience these benefits and more when your body gets what it needs with the assistance of heart and body extract. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. That's hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. Folks, I did not expect this at all. By the 7th, 8th, and ninth day, I saw dramatic improvements from taking heart and body extract. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for heart and body extract. This is an urgent message. Urgent if you care about feeding your family. S-510 has passed through Congress and will make the sale of heirloom seeds difficult. Prices of non-GMO seeds are skyrocketing and may be hard to afford in the future, if you can even find them. As the economy continues to decline, this will make the heirloom seeds worth their weight in gold and one of the best barter tools available. When food supplies eventually run out, your solution is to grow your own food and barter tool. 
Now, for a short time, GetSeeds.net offers 100 packets of heirloom non-GMO vegetable seeds for only $59. Pay with two ounces of pure silver or just $59. The best price on the net for high-quality seeds. Our GetSeeds.net seeds are open-pollinated vegetable seeds sealed in a Mylar bag for long-term storage. Bulk pricing available. So get seeds while you still can at GetSeeds.net or call toll-free 877-341-4769. That's 877-341-4769. Fear of falling is the number one reason seniors leave the home they love. And millions of aging Americans can no longer enjoy the pleasure of a simple bath from fear of falling. Don't leave your home. There is a solution. The revolutionary Designed for Seniors Walk-In Tub. Rediscover the soothing, luxurious pleasure of a comfortable and therapeutic bath by calling 877-513-3797. The Designed for Seniors Walk-In Tub has everything. A low-step and walk-in door for easy access, built-in heating, easy-to-reach controls with both water and air jet therapy to soothe away aches and pains. All tubs are proudly made in the USA and come with a limited lifetime warranty. Enjoy a relaxing, safe, and comfortable bath again. Call 877-513-3797 and ask for the Designed for Seniors Walk-In Tub. That's 877-513-3797. The Designed for Seniors Walk-In Tub for boomers and beyond. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, just send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And if you want to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or check us out at iTunes. Roberto Baldwin from MacLife at MacLife.com. He's the online guy, so, of course, if you check the site out, you're going to see a lot of the stuff that he sets up for them. Okay, we were talking, you know, briefly about why Apple seems to get it and other companies don't get it. Is this why, for example, the so-called iPad killers will never gain traction? I mean... Look at the Zoom, for example. There's a report that sales are not what they expected. They're going to cut it out by June. After spending all this money to boost the image, they're going to release a new model in June. Uh, You know, Motorola hasn't been able to build anything that really works well since the Star Trek phone. Every time I've dealt with anything Motorola, I feel like I've been burned. And I think it is the sort of like design by committee. You know, with the the Droid and the Zoom, both of them have the, and this is just a design flaw that I thought they would have fixed after the first Droid, but they put the speaker on the back of the device. So if you're listening to your media and you put it down on a table, oh, now everything's muffled. I understand that the speaker and the iPad's on the back too. It's on the, it's on the, it's on that curve. So it actually comes from the bottom of the device as opposed to the very back. Okay. So you're still getting this sort of like um, audible bounce off of a table or of course the iPad one, it just came straight out. And I still prefer the speaker on the iPad one than to the iPad two, but it's definitely not, you put it down and it's completely uh, muffled. And that's, that's sort of someone somewhere in management said, you know what, we need to put it on the back because when they hold it. You know, they want, I guess, the person behind, you know, in front of them to hear it. You know, a lot of times you'll put your your device down 
And like I listen to music or podcasts sometimes while I'm walking around the house and I'll just put my iPhone down or I'll put the iPad down and, you know, I can still hear it and do whatever I'm doing. And but if I, you know, put the droid or I put the zoom down, suddenly it, it's. <laughs> well, of course, they did that with telephones, by the way. If you remember back in the 40s and 30s in radio, nobody's that old. I'm not that old. <laughs> when you wanted to pretend you were on the phone, you cup your mouth. How you doing? You say like that. Yeah. So that's how you do it. Or you, you know. So it was a very easy trick to mask your voice because the telephone was supposed to sound bad. Yes. Because now mobile phones sound worse than that. So don't get me started. Okay. So let's look at this now. If I'm looking at the commercial for the Motorola Zoom, I see this futuristic thingy and I see them shake it. Is that what's good for? Gee, it looks nice. It's powerful. You can shake it. <laughs> well, I can shake. That's what do I do with it? There are less than a hundred apps for the operating system that are optimized for tablets and the, from and, the and Android OS. So, what do I do with it? And, and that's the thing is that Motorola is is pushing its specs, and you know it goes fast, and it you know it has this this processor, and it does this, and it turns into a robot apparently, according to the TV commercial. Um, where Apple's just like, this is what you can do with the iPad, and that's where Apple's winning is this is what you can do. I can you know do this, I can do that, and people look at that and are like, oh, that's what I can do with it, as opposed to, oh, it's fast. And you know there are there is a segment of the population who's very excited about fast. Um, but you know, and Volkswagen does a really has been doing a great job over you know probably ten fifteen years with their cars. Where instead of talking about specs with their cars, they talk about a lifestyle, and that's sold a lot of cars for them because a majority of the drivers don't care horsepower, torque, blah blah blah. They don't really care about that. They just want to know: Can I get here a little bit quicker than this? Can I do this? And you know, it's like a fun feeling. And when you look at those iPad app um, commercials, you feel like, oh, this is like fun. Look at all these things I can do. And I look. Well, you at know, it's part of the thing about cars you think about specs for cars for example so this car does zero to 60 meaning if you floor it and you want to go up to 60 miles an hour which we all do when we go on the freeways okay mm-hmm. it's going to take 6.2 seconds but that's not really good why because this car will do it in 5.9 seconds now to make things even worse now for example they have now cars where you get with and without turbo engines so the turbo engine goes a second or a second and a half faster to 60 miles an hour the difference, one one thousand one. That's a difference for an extra two thousand dollars. And some cars is an extra three or four thousand dollars. That's the difference between the two cars. One one thousand one. Who cares? Yeah, and and you know, there, and there is a there's a segment of the you know the car population, and I'm a big car guy. You know, I love I, and I do have a turbo, but at the same time, I know that. A majority of the people don't care about how much torque my car has. They don't. Well, care the question about, about turbo is, of course, depends on which car you have. Yeah. Now, certain cars you got to get the turbo because the performance without the turbo is just you know tepid. But let's go back mm-hmm. into the universe of the iPad and all the other products. So this is something again. You wonder why don't they get this? Apple spends all their time with their ads showing you what you can do with the device. All the other companies say, spec this, spec that, droid does. What does it do? I don't know. It does. They have all these crazy commercials, and no one sits down and says, wait a minute, let's see what Apple is doing, and maybe come up with something where we show people what they can do with it. For better or worse, Microsoft with Windows 7, even though what they're asking you to do is downright stupid, they're at least saying, this is what you can do with Windows 7. Unfortunately, they imply that's all you can do with Windows 7, so I don't know. 
Yeah, they need to they need to move beyond the cloud. But you know, they the at least they're doing something that's that's at least showing a feature. But yeah, they need to find out some more features if they want to sell that operating system to people. Okay, let's look very quickly. iPad two, they can't build enough of them. There's no indication that the problem in Japan with the earthquake and everything has seriously impacted production. But worldwide, the lines are still there. All the industry analysts are raising their estimates. No, we thought they'd sell this many. Now it's got to be twice as many. Why twice as many? Because, you know, look at what's going on there with those lines. They can't keep up with it. So nobody knows what's going on with the iPad 2. Having worked with it, the iPad 2 and the iPad 1, does it strike you as a big improvement? My my thought is if you have an iPad 1, and unless you're like some like really hardcore gamer and you really want that extra speed, just you're fine with the iPad 1. The iPad 2, um, we I, I didn't buy an iPad 1. I bought an iPad 2 for my wife, um, and she loves it. And, you know, it has the camera, but the camera's kind of eh. And, you know, it's nice for FaceTime. It's nice for playing with photo booths. But other than that, it's just, yeah. She has an iPhone 4 she can take pictures with. Um, you know, it's, it's, it was the difference maybe from the, the 3G to the 3GS. Yes, it's quicker, but it's not something, you know, if, and like I said, unless you, you, you just, you got to have the latest thing or you need the, the fastest machine, you know, you're totally cool with the iPad 1. And the other thing is here, yes, it's lighter and thinner. Maybe it's easier to hold with one hand, but I've tried it. It's not that much easier. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's like point two ounces or something yeah. odd. It's yeah, it's it's you know it's it's nice. I like the uh, the tactile feeling of it um, compared to the iPad One, but that's not enough for me to go out and buy a brand new iPad. If you know, and it's you know like I said the, the like you said the the weight difference isn't really that much, and I never found the weight to be overly just like oh my god this is so heavy compared i mean look at a harry potter book those things are like what 20 30 pounds now i don't know how much those books weigh i don't read those books i don't know my wife read a harry potter book you have kids no 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 kids okay so i was thinking you know harry potter you know i tend to think the age group is what mid-teens to early 20s or something Mm mm-hmm I don't know about demographics. Listen, we have Roberto Baldwin. He's online editor for Mac Life. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com 
We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over five years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $220. And the Berkey Guy will include three sport Berkey water bottles and ship everything to you free of charge. That's right, three sport Berkey water bottles and free shipping. An $87 value, yours free. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. We all need to prepare ourselves. You might have the food, water, gold, and silver, but ask yourself, are you truly prepared? That's why you need to visit MainMilitary.com. MainMilitary.com carries everything you need. Gas masks, wool blankets, fire starter kits, high-capacity magazines, chemical suits, military surplus items, and much more. Do you own a firearm? MainMilitary.com has a large selection of pistols and rifles suited for your needs. Are your local stores sold out of ammunition? Call or visit them today for prices on hard-to-find ammo and bulk ammo orders. You don't need to worry about having a military surplus store in your area because MainMilitary.com is the only store you'll ever need, all from the comfort of your computer. Visit them online today at MainMilitary.com. That's Maine, like the state, Military.com. Or call them at 1-877-608-0179. That's one 877 Six zero eight zero one seven nine. Who is Sam Andy? Sam Andy Foods is life insurance in a can. Life insurance you can eat. Sam Andy Foods has been serving loyal customers worldwide for over 50 years. Why so long? Simple. Sam Andy Foods have perfected the taste and quality of low moisture foods. Foods that last 15 to 25 years. And that's made us an industry leader among families, sportsmen, outdoorsmen, churches, schools, people living in remote areas, U.S. troops in wartime, and many others. Sam Andy is America's leading supplier of over 100 high-quality, low-moisture products, and everything you need to survive in any emergency. Visit SamAndy.com today for your free full-color catalog and free trial subscription to the Survival Times newsletter. That's SamAndy.com. Just like it sounds, SamAndy.com. Or call toll-free 1-888-331-0358. Your one-stop shop for everything your family needs to prepare for any emergency. Sam Andy Foods. Life insurance in a can. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're listening to the Tech Night All Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. We continue chatting with Roberto Baldwin of MacLife Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. And we were trying to make sense of marketing, of the realization of the iPad 2, how Apple has turned this thing, this unlikely product. No one expected this. Who could have thunk it? Maybe not even Apple. It's become a cultural icon used as a plot line in TV shows and probably movies once they get around to making decent movies again. That might happen eventually. <laughs> What are the big issues happening over at MacLife now? What are your readers and online visitors really talking about? What concerns them most? They are, you know, they they want to know what the 
the iPad 2 cases. They love cases. And that's not just our readers. When I go out in the, I guess, the real world and just talking to regular non-techie people, they, the first thing they ask me when they see that are my iPhone or my iPad is, what case do you have? And even when they're talking to each other, cases are, are a big deal. And I think, you know, we, we just started putting a lot of, um, as soon as cases came out, we're, 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 uh, we're reviewing them. And, you know, it's a cottage market that, that Apple created for these people. And I think every time Apple updates their products with the design refresh, you know, they're just like, cha-ching. They're just like pumping their fists in the air because they know they're going to have a good quarter. Well, they're going to have their quarterly meeting with analysts and all that disclosure on the 20th of April. So I'm not going to ask you to make estimates, okay? A bazillion. A bazillion. Okay, they're going to sell a bazillion. So cases, it's that big a deal? I'm surprised. It is. It's, it, it is a surprise. It is the. It was one of those things where like, oh, we should do you know some case reviews here and there, but we you know we put up articles about you know the iPad that came out and people on our Facebook on our Facebook were just like, what about cases? What cases should I get? You know what you know people want to wrap these things up and they want to you know personalize their iPad or their iPhone and yeah it, and and then of course the second thing is of course apps what apps should i get what's the best app what apps are good what apps aren't and yeah cases and apps and you know that's all because of because of you know apple created these cause industries for these developers and these case manufacturers that they're creating jobs i guess i don't know they're the new stimulus package who knows sure but apple of course also comes out with their own so the smart cover isn't that enough you know what the smart cover doesn't cover the back I, I mean it's nice i'm not i mean i know people on the staff who love it and they're like oh look and then the magnet you know shuts it off or puts the uh, iPad in sleep mode. I, I, I like to have, you know, the entire thing covered. And the iPad 1, it was funny because I did a video about the first um, Apple case for the iPad 1 because if you stood it up um, in landscape mode, if you try to tap on it, it would fall over. And I made a little video and I put it up and I was like, oh, this isn't really that stable. I love that case because it's thin and it folds over and it protects the entire iPad. And the new smart cover doesn't protect the back. And well, we hope the aluminum is strong enough. Yeah. No, I understand your point. Probably if we get an iPad 2 here and the wife is looking at a white one, mm-hmm. she's considering it, we get probably some kind of fancy like a red leather cover. You know, the special red that goes to all the charities, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the special red. We'll have to see what happens there. But you're saying that's what they're talking about. You don't have... The comparisons between the Verizon iPhone and the AT&T iPhone? We, we, we do have that, that comparison, and we especially have that inside the, uh, the office. Nick Vargas, uh, associate editor, he went out and bought the Verizon iPhone, and he is running around touting that he has not had a drop call. <laughs> in San Francisco. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm a, I, I'm a little jealous of him for that, but, you know, he says he doesn't have any drop calls. Um, I continue to have my dropped AT&T calls in, the, uh, in San Francisco. Um, my wife works downtown, so she gets dropped calls all the time. So it's frustrating, but at the same time, I use my phone and the Internet at the same time a lot, a lot more than I expected. And so Verizon really isn't going to work out for me. But there is the, the sort of, in any, you know, any uh, carrier, I, I, there's no carrier that's, that's this magical, you know, great white hope. They're all, I guess. They're all mediocre. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically, phone calls will sound like direct. That's another technical term, no matter which carrier. That's why I was mentioning before, the telephones in the 1940s, well, let's not think of the 40s. Figure the 50s and 60s. A good landline phone, nothing sounds better other than Skype with a special microphone. Mm-hmm. 
cell phones sound miserable no matter what you do. But speaking of that and speaking of the carriers, of course, we have that other issue, AT&T acquiring T-Mobile. We had, before you got on here, we had Ross Rubin of the NPD Group giving the official industry analyst kind of explanation for it. What's your perception? As someone who's using AT&T and Nick's using Verizon, what do you think about the whole thing with AT&T and T-Mobile? Well, I'm concerned because now we only have one GSM uh, carrier in this country. So that's that's it. If you are looking for a GSM phone, which I'm a fan of GSM phones because, you know, once my iPhone goes, once I buy a new one, I, I unlock my old iPhones. And my wife is, she's from Belfast. So we use them to go to uh, to Europe and I give them to family members to go to Mexico. And, you know, the, you know CDMA phones just don't work out for me for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about that. And, you know, they say it's going to, you know, make the network better, which, okay, maybe. And then they're talking about, you know, expanding their LTE. So, um, you know, for years, uh, AT&T is like, oh, we're building our infrastructure, which, of course, once you looked at their, their yearly numbers, they weren't. Instead, they were just saving up all their nickels and dimes to buy, uh, to buy T-Mobile. Yeah, that might be an issue that the regulators would raise, you know, because we know the Department of Justice and the FCC will look over this. In the end, though, it will pass muster. But that's a question. That's the real conundrum here, okay? Now, AT&T says if they spent that money to build out their structure, it would take five years. Now, supposedly the merger will take, and this is kind of what I told Ross, and I think he kind of agreed with me here. They're saying 12 months. Maybe it's going to be 18 months. Once you do that, you have to integrate the networks. Yes, they're GSM, but the frequencies are different. You're going to have to upgrade the hardware, all sorts of stuff. It doesn't happen overnight, and you can't just do it now because you can't impact existing customers until this is a done deal. It's a done deal. You get all the legal stuff resolved a year to 18 months. It's going to take another year or two to get the networks compatible, to make sure everything works and test everything. Suddenly, one year becomes three. Exactly. I mean, if you took a T-Mobile SIM and you threw it in your iPhone now, you're on the edge network and you're not getting 3G speeds. And, and they're going to have that's something. That, and you, you have know, to jailbreak your phone to do it. And of course, you have to jailbreak your phone. Locks it, yeah. 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 If it happened today and you had, you're like, oh, well, they're the same company. And you threw that T-Mobile, you know, you tried to hop on the T-Mobile network. You were, you're getting edge speeds. That's not. You know, it's, yeah, it's, they're both GSM, but like you said, they're, they're different frequencies. Yeah, well, one of the issues, of course, is that it's probably not hard to upgrade the towers. If it's just a radio frequency, maybe you just had put in different chips or you have to set the firmware or something. Maybe it's not that hard. I don't know. I don't pretend to know I'm not a cell phone engineer, nor do I play one on TV. <laughs> yeah, maybe but but like even a, then, it's going to take time to, to test everything before you deploy it. So, you know, the reason it's being done, I think you'll agree with me, is AT&T gets rid of one more competitor. Exactly. That's it. They just, they're getting rid of one more competitor. The, 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 the sort of PR line where, well, we're making it better for the customers is, yeah. And, you know, when they're making it better for the customers, they're just saying we're getting more customers, which means more money in our pockets. And people lose their jobs because there are redundant departments. There's redundancy. Yes. You know, you don't have to have maybe 400 people in one service center to support people and 400 people in another service center. You can get by with 300. Exactly. So people are unemployed. So the next thing that happens is the customer benefits, but now you have potentially thousands of people on the unemployment lines. True. Yeah, it's, it's you know, whenever these, these companies get together, you, there's always going to be redundancies and people are always going to lose their jobs. And it's, it's really unfortunate. And especially, you know, with something like this where, you know, 
is this better for the consumer when you only have one option when it comes to a GSM carrier in you know, you know a large country? And you know, so now we're, you know people are losing jobs. You're you're getting less choice, and you know there there could have been an, a T-Mobile iPhone at some point. You know. They could have, you know, their LTE network, but now that's, of course, that's dead. Now it's going to be AT&T, Verizon, and maybe possibly Sprint someday. And you understand, too, what's going to happen here is while this is going on, neither company is going to put money into anything because they have to hold their dollars until this happens because they have to do things that do not impact the service or the integration. So suddenly they do nothing. So your AT&T service doesn't get any better. You don't get more cities covering your T-Mobile account. Nothing happens until this is a done deal. If it is a done deal, we have Roberto Baldwin from MacLife Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack of the Rockwells. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes... The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids. A novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporian e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service, fast, free, same-day shipping, and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee. So are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle? Then call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. Or visit LeSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LeSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. This message starts with a great offer from Big Berkey Water Filters because we don't want you drinking dangerous water one minute longer. Right now, purchase any filter system from BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com to get your choice of two Berkey Sport Bottles, a KDF shower filter, a set of fluoride filters, or our new Cyclass spigot absolutely free. Why do this? Because over 60% of municipal water is fluoridated, and at less than two cents per gallon, Berkey Water Filters purify both treated and untreated water, removing dangerous chlorine, fluoride, and other contaminants. 
Big Berkey water filters are powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water, so they're perfect for rainwater collection systems and emergency preparedness. Remember, Big Berkey includes free shipping on every order over $50, and GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit B-I-G-B-E-R-K-E-Y-WaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call today 1-877-99-BERKEY. If you suffer from poor sleep, you need my pillow. Guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. Using a patented fill, my pillow adjusts to your exact individual needs by gently supporting your head, shoulders, and neck. My pillow has a natural built-in cooling effect, keeping your cervical nerves cool, giving you the best sleep of your life. My pillow will never go flat and relieve snoring, migraines, sleep apnea, fibromyalgia, and many other disorders. It's antimicrobial, non-allergenic, dust mite resistant, and best of all, machine washable and dryable. MyPillow is made in the USA, has an A rating with the Better Business Bureau, comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and an industry-leading 10-year warranty. Order today at MyPillow.com or call 952-442-6199. That's 952-442-6199. Mention coupon code GCN and receive 20% off your order. What do you have to lose except poor sleep? MyPillow.com, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own, guaranteed. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. You are listening to the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. We have Roberto Baldwin from MacLife Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. And we've gone from the iPad and the lame marketing of the people who make iPad killers to the AT&T T-Mobile merger. And now let's look at the WWDC. Now, Apple has its Worldwide Developers Conference. It took about eight days last year to sell out. In 10 hours, they sell it out. Maybe they picked too small a place to have that. They have 5,000 seats gone in 10 hours. This is the smaller Moscone Center. They call Moscone West in San Francisco. There are bigger trade show auditoriums. Maybe they should have used one of them. They could have used, I mean, if North or South were available, they, maybe they should have uh, gone with that. Um, I don't know Moscone's schedule, but, um, you know, if it's a, a yearly event and maybe they just didn't expect as many people, I don't know, but it, it sold out just like that uh, we got an email from a developer who was like oh by the way it's already sold out we're like oh oh okay <laughs> well that's you know that's like and now people are selling them on ebay or it's, it's their their tickets to uh to the to wwdc and it's yeah it's uh it's like a rock concert now well and we don't even know what's going to be announced we know of course mac os 10 lion's going to be due for release around then or shortly thereafter now there are stories and maybe you can answer this one way or the other. There are stories out there that Apple's iOS 5 for their mobile devices is not going to be ready this summer. It's going to be pushed off to the fall. Where does that come from? I, you know, I, I'm thinking a lot of people are looking at the latest, you know, the release of 4.3 and Apple kind of, you know, they kind of made 4.3 a little bit of a big deal, but I think that had to do with the iPad. You know, they were, they were talking about the iPad, and like, oh, here's 4.3. I'm still, you know, my fingers are still crossed, and I'm still hoping for an April event talking about iOS 5.0 with the release in June. Um, Apple likes their, their sort of yearly schedule, and I know that people are also talking about, well, the iPhone won't be out until September with the uh, with the iPods, and I'm, you know, I'm, I, I 
Phil Schiller has said that the um, the iPhone is on a yearly schedule with June releases before. I think he said this about two years ago. Of course, so, things change. Yeah, of course. You know, Apple said a lot of things that they've, of course, changed. And, you know, they're a company. they got to move uh, quickly, which is why they succeed. And, you know, like, like we talked about earlier, Microsoft on a lot of things doesn't. I, you know, I, like I said, I think it has to do with the, the 4.3 um, issue. Right, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Maybe they decide to make that the final version, give people something to have for three months or four months until iOS 5 comes out. I yeah, mean, I, we just had 10.6.7 for Snow Leopard, Mac OS 10 Snow Leopard, but Mac OS 10 Lion is due this summer, which is June. So we have an yeah. update, and the next version is going to be out in three months. So. Yeah, well, it's also the, the sort of rumors of things being delayed that haven't been announced, which always cracked me up. The oh, iOS 5.0 is being delayed. I'm like, well, it hasn't been announced, so it hasn't really been delayed. Now, has it? We were always, we were always getting these rumors where you know things are being delayed that haven't been announced, or the you know the iPad is going to be delayed until September, or there's going to, going to be an iPad 3 in September, which I found that both those rumors were you know I found them ridiculous, and of course they were. Um, and I and, and I kind of find these ones also a little you know ridiculous. Of course, I could be wrong. I've been wrong a lot of times when it comes to Apple rumors. You know, I I, I seem to have a, an awesome track record of being wrong. So by me saying that iOS five and the iPhone will be out in June, maybe they won't be out until September now because of uh, because of me. I'm sorry, everyone. Well, okay. You know, I'll tell you what. We'll have to see how all this works out. <laughs> Remember too that Lion is due for the summer. Which means June 20th to what? September 20th, thereabouts. It could be any time. Snow Leopard actually came out a few weeks earlier than expected. There are also rumors that Apple is nearing the Golden Master stage. How? I don't know, but that's what they say. Where did they get this stuff? Is it all because, well, we had this happen, therefore Apple can't do that? Or we're looking for mythical suppliers in Asia, and we don't think they've been contracted yet to build a new iPhone? I think it's 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 a, a bunch of it's, there's the the mythical um, suppliers in Asia who someone said something and of course oh that's and then of course there's also the the sources and I'm putting air quotes about the around these sources that are within Apple and I um, talking with former Apple employees they can tell me they've told me that you know what Apple does is they will release false information to see who's a leak in the company and then that person gets escorted out of the building so apple is you know they have done that and of course you know i've you know i've had people from within apple tell me things before that have been wrong and i have friends who work in this industry who say they have sources who work within apple who have told them things like that you know well this person's always been right so why would they lie to me now um but according to this person they we should have a seven inch ipad and we should have you know 10.6 should have been on a month before it should have or it actually it actually was released so you know we have these these mythical sources that are with you know within apple or within the peripheral around apple and then some of it's just a, a lot of speculation that people pick up on and they report as fact Someone what the rumor sites do, Roberto, is this. Rumor site A says, I got this story that Apple's going to do thus and so. So the MacBook Air, for example, will undergo a revision, say, on September 14th. You know, I'm just throwing something out there. Watch what happens on the rumor sites, okay? I'm writing that up right now. He's writing that up. He's going to do a story. <laughs> rumor site B picks it up and says, as rumor site A says, Apple is going to release a MacBook Air upgrade on September 14th. So now we have two sources for the story, allegedly. 
of course, what they're doing is they're feeding each other mm-hmm. the lines. You know, it's like two comedians feeding each other lines. So suddenly, a third site picks it up. It has to be true. Those two sites ran with it. Maybe it even makes the mainstream press because they ran with it. Look at all the rumors about this one development about the next MacBook Air on September 14th. As you say, what's what's going to happen now? They're going to put something up at iTunes, review it. This crazy Steinberg says the MacBook Air is going to be upgraded on September 14th. Hell, he doesn't even know what day that is. And you're right, I don't know what day of the week that is. As we talk, I'm going to look at iCal and see what day is September 14th. And remember, Apple does things on, you know, what, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays so and Wednesdays. We're now going to look. So now we are going into September 14th. Is a Wednesday. I was right. You're, you're right. I see. So that's it's it. It's true. Game it's over. Totally game over. You, you've, you've sourced it out. It's perfect. Yeah. And, and the rumors get so, it's like the telephone game. You know, by the time it hits, like, you know, maybe a, a you know, mainstream, like, let's say, like, uh, like Mac rumors, it's probably gone through four tiny little sites before it's gotten there. And then when, you know, the Wall Street Journal and New York Times start reporting on rumors, and I'm just, like, hanging my head. I'm like, why are you guys doing this? You, this these are rumors. Why are you reporting on rumors? It's the equivalent of reporting on, like, celebrity rumors. Just, you know, report on facts. Why are we, re- you know, and we report on rumors on the site because people come to the site and they want to see the rumors. But we, like, put at the very top on the headline, rumor, some random guy said something, something. And at, I think at some point I've written an article where blah, blah, I've actually written blah, 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 iPhone, blah, 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 date, blah, blah, blah. Just kind of making fun of the sort of uh, rumors and the telephone game issue with it because one guy, some anonymous dude that no one's ever heard of and will never hear from again, uh, said something. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, this show will be heard the day after April Fool's Day. So think about that. Boy, that day we can come up with lots and lots of rumors, and then the next day we can retract them all. But we're not going to retract our statement that Apple will have a special announcement on Wednesday September 14th. I didn't say which year, by the way. <laughs> you know what? If, this, if they have their, um, their, uh, their iPod event on September 14th, because they usually have it around, usually around the 9th or so, um, and that happens, you're going to have a rumor track record of 100. Well, that's the only rumor I've ever come up with. There you go. 100. You're done. Hey, you I'm going to retire with the rumors now. Yeah. We're going to open up a new site, the Tech Night Owl Rumor Site. Dot com. I better register that. Hold on. I'm going to go to Namecheap or GoDaddy or something and register that name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all set for that, folks. I don't take it seriously. I think the one thing that feeds into Apple is the fact that we can't stop talking about them. Okay? What are they going to do? What are they not going to do? We can't stop talking about them. That's how it goes. Let's talk quickly before we let you go. What do you have coming up in the near future over at MacLife Magazine? Well, on MacLife.com, we had a, a 50 things we love about Apple. That should be coming up in the next week or so. And then five things that we don't. Uh, that was um, It came out in the newsstands last month. It's a really good seller. Uh, if you have a chance, stop by the newsstands check it out. And, of course, we're putting it online for all of uh, all of our online readers. And then, you know, we're continuing to do a lot of how-tos. We're, you know, the news. And we're, we're gearing up for WWDC. And I am, I am still gearing up for a new iPhone 5. And I am still gearing up for iOS uh, 5.0. You expect it despite the rumors. I expect it. But you don't expect to see a new MacBook Air September 14th of some year. No, no. I totally expect that because I heard it on a rumor site. That's totally going to happen. I haven't set up that rumor site yet. Oh, 
Well, I heard from a guy who says he might set up a rumor site, but he hasn't registered the name yet. And now once I try, it will be too late because people will have done it already. (laughs) Roberto Baldwin from MacLife. Thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for having me. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you own an Apple iPhone and love to listen to your favorite programs on GCN, I've got good news for you. I'm proud to announce that GCN has a brand new iPhone app available for our dedicated listeners at GCNlive.com. Listen to your favorite hard-hitting GCN programs live or on demand right on your iPhone. And the best part? The GCN iPhone app can be yours absolutely free. Download the iPhone app today by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, I want to ask you a question, Joe Wilcox, and maybe this is not the question you anticipated, but that's what we're here for. All right, so, you had a flat tire today. We all get flat tires occasionally. Do you think Microsoft sent someone down from Steve Ballmer's office, maybe he was there himself, to stick nails in your tires? (laughs) <laughs> well, okay, it, it is true that I you know, wrote something provocative, but I often write some, things provocative about Microsoft a couple days ago, and it is true that I had a flat tire and there was something sticking you know, at, in, in the tire that caused it to go flat, uh, but there's worse things they could do, but it's, 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 it's fun to have our conspiracy theories, though, isn't it? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you a story very quickly. This was many, many years ago in a galaxy far, far away. The wife and I are living in an apartment complex in Little Neck, New York, just outside of New York City. Okay. And we got into an argument with the landlord's son. Now, they didn't have underground parking. You had a parking lot in the back of the building. Actually, there's two buildings basically linked together. So one morning I get there. The day after the argument, I have four flat tires. Whoa. (laughs) Okay. And, you know, I don't want to say that the owner of that place had the broken nose and the standard stuff that you expect, but I kind of wondered and I kind of watched myself after that. Mm. You never know. But, you know, (laughs) all this is about an article you wrote, and let's background this here. The IDC, I think, is the one who had this survey about the market share of different mobile phone operating systems. So explain. Well, um, IDC, as the firm is, you know, often does, m- made a forecast uh, about the uh, mobile phone market. Actually, they updated a forecast that they made in September, so just a little more than six months ago. And uh, there was some st- kind of a startling change. In the previous uh, forecast, uh, Windows Phone 7 slash uh, mobile uh, was going to have very kind of modest uh, gro- market share gain. But in this new forecast, IDC predicts that by 2015, uh, Windows Phone will be number two uh, next to Android, which is a dramatic 
uh, changed from just six months ago. And of course, the thing that's happened in between is Microsoft's distribution deal with Nokia. And IDC, I guess, believes that uh, uh, there's not going to be any bad things happening in the market uh, to Nokia and Microsoft during this transition. And magically, most of the market share that uh, Nokia has today in smartphones will go to uh, Microsoft's uh, uh, operating system in four years. And, and let me qualify. What I didn't say was this was a measure of smartphone operating systems, uh, not for all handsets and not for the handsets themselves. Okay, because this is where when you're doing surveys, you have to be aware of what's going on. They didn't do a survey. This okay. is an actual forecast. Uh, it's a forecast, not a survey. So okay. it's going in their own little brains and crunching the numbers and predicting what they think will happen in the future. Now, I hope when you say little brains, you're not physically saying little brains. <laughs> Correct. Uh, you know, I'm just... I'm kidding. Uh, I'd be, I'd, I'm being, actually being playful in saying that. Well, that's good. Let's have fun with this. Okay. <laughs> so basically, let's clarify how these things will come up. When we talk about iPhone market share, we're dealing with one company making a couple of different phones compared to Android, which is several companies making dozens of different phones. But, of course, you still have to consider the overall share of the market. Now, let's look at Windows Phone 7 and Nokia. Okay, so we have the announcement from Microsoft and Nokia, which is now headed by a former Microsoft executive. And they're going to use Windows Phone 7. It's going to take, what, till the end of the year? So what uh, happens like, with like Nokia? next year even. Pardon? Looks like there, there won't be handsets until 2012. Okay, so it's off until 2012. Forget about the holiday season. Knowing this, what happens to the existing Nokia line? It seems like it's dead-ended as a result. I'm talking about the smartphones, the better phones. Well, uh, it's, it's more complicated than that in some ways. Uh, Nokia, outside of the United States, is very, very popular. Uh, it is still the number one handset manufacturer in the world. It still distributes more uh, smartphone operating systems on its handsets than anybody else uh, by, a, by a wide margin. Uh, but it also you know, is in decline. And Nokia's major success is really in dumb phones and feature phones. Uh, emerging markets, uh, places you know, like India, uh, in China, in India, the last I checked, uh, market share is uh, for all handsets, not just smartphones – is about 70% or pretty close to it. So that's kind of the bread and butter for, for Nokia, not the smartphones, although Nokia is trying to, to expand its, its smart, smartphone line you know, every day. So um, now I lost my train of thought. What, what was your original question? <laughs> my original question here is forgetting the standard phones, okay? Right. The non-smartphone, the feature phone, the cheap phone, where Nokia has a lot of presence outside the USA. Right. Doesn't this kind of hurt their share of smartphones? I mean, this makes it a lot worse for them. Suddenly, you're looking at these products as dead-ended, end-of-life. They could be great phones. Right. Let's say, forget about the quality, look at the situation. The politics don't really help very much, do they? Uh, yes, they, they don't. They were correct. They don't really help very much. So... What you have is a, is a difficult transition. It's a long transition, uh, and with the market being so volatile right now, uh, months matter. So to make this transition over the course of a year, and that's what we're looking at, or more, uh, is uh, 
is problematic for Nokia and also for, for well, not so much for Microsoft. Microsoft kind of gains no matter what happens. It's, it, it, this is a, a springboard for Windows Phone 7 uh, operating system. It's going to get on a lot more devices. The question is, what does Nokia lose? And, of course, what Nokia loses, Microsoft doesn't gain in the long run. So what, what, what uh, Nokia can, can lose? Uh, right now, the company has huge uh, manufacturing and distribution logistics uh, during this transition, it could lose uh, you know, some, of that, some of that distribution in terms of uh, you know, who's carrying its phones. If the phones aren't as attractive to consumers, and they may not be, uh, since, as you said, uh, we're kind of looking at an end-of-life situation. Then there's a situation with developers, developers that have been looking at uh, Symbian or the other operating system that Nokia has with Intel Migo as the future. may say, well, hell, if, if they're getting rid of this, I'm going to jump ship. Now, there's a presumption on Nokia's part and Microsoft's part and even on ID, IDC's part that these developers will jump to Windows Phone 7. Well, maybe, maybe not, but that's Wishful the thinking could be Wish- because I don't think developers will go to any platform unless they see they can make money. Well, if that's they can't see money, a money, large money. user base or a potentially large user base, they're not going to commit the resources and that would even be true for Apple. If Apple couldn't make a case for the iOS, it wouldn't get developers. It's all about money. It's all about money. And um, you know, they can make money now by developing apps for Android uh, and for iOS, for you know, BlackBerry, uh, and maybe even uh, WebOS. I mean, HP will, will ship something. Well, already there are WebOS smartphones, but you know, tablets are coming and even... That operating system will be on PCs distributed by HP. So there's a lot of things that are going to happen and that are happening already long before Microsoft and Nokia deliver even one handset with, with Windows, 7, Windows Phone 7 on it. We should also mention a fact here is the market is so huge. It's not like Mac and PCs where Microsoft got this 90 95% share and not much room for other players other than Apple and Linux, for example. We're talking about hundreds of millions of products. You can have several operating systems by companies who all make a lot of money. There's a lot of money in there for everybody. It doesn't have to be a single winner. There were, according to Gardner, 1.6 billion uh, uh, cell phones sold last year. Not shipped, actually sold. People bought them. They took them home. It's not like Samsung with how many they may or may not have sold to end users of the Galaxy Tab. We're talking about phones that go into the end user. They make the contract, whatever, they take it home. That's it. We'll get into more of this in a moment. We have Joe Wilcox, a former industry analyst, and someone who I've disagreed with from time to time, but he's a nice guy. As you see, he's a really nice guy, and we can agree to disagree sometimes, but right now, I find very little to disagree with. (laughs) I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Have you been sitting on a few great domain name ideas but haven't locked them in for yourself? Good. Now you can buy them through the number one domain name registrar, Namecheap.com, as voted by the top tech blog Lifehacker. Just like the name says, you can buy domains cheap, as low as $2.99. And every new domain comes with WhoisGuard, our special privacy service, free for the first year. Now that you know, it's time to grab those domain names before someone else does. Namecheap.com. Go now. Namecheap.com. 
Ever been to a concert and wish your friends could experience the atmosphere with you? Ever been on a mountaintop and wish you could share the beautiful view with your family? Ever thought, they've got to see this? Share those amazing experiences with the unique photo collages of the iPhone app You Gotta See This by Boink Software. Now available for the iPhone 4, iPod Touch, and the brand new iPad 2 for just $1.99. See great examples at boinks.com slash see this. Jim Newcomer from Midas Resources, April 1st, 2011. Gold opened this morning at 1434.20. A one ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1471.04, 735.52 for a half ounce, or 367.76 for a quarter ounce. That's 1471.04, 735.52, and 367.76. The Constitution and the Bill of Rights have been reduced to old relics politicians ignore, trample with their outlandish, overreaching policies. Your support of the Campaign for Liberty stands in the way of this insidious process. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I've teamed up with the Campaign for Liberty to offer the authentic-proof quarter-ounce pure gold coin. For only $390 plus shipping, Midas will donate $100 to this incredible organization. Help fight big government by ordering your gold coin at 800-686-2237. You get to win twice by owning gold and fighting an overreaching government. Call 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. It's the winter cold and flu supplement sale at HerbalHealer.com. Take advantage of Herbal Healer Academy's incredible savings on the best cold and flu supplements available. Many of you know elderberry is exceptional against viral infections. Right now, Herbal Healer Academy has elderberry power. Regularly priced at $16.95, now incredibly low at only $10 for 60 vegetarian caps. For children and seniors, our Herbal Healer Academy flew away elderberry liquid is only $13 for a 4-ounce bottle. Also on super sale, olive leaf capsules, oregano oil plus capsules, and our incredible Respirate formula, Oregacillin Physician Strength Capsules for your lungs. Normally $34.95, now just $25. Hit the winter specials link at HerbalHealer.com for these cold and flu supplement specials and other on-sale products like apple cider vinegar, brain power, and neuro recovery. New customers get a free catalog with your first order. Log on and hit the winter specials now at HerbalHealer.com. Dr. David Berry has provided excellent advice for all those interested in practical economics and sound money. It's certainly worth reading. That's what Congressman Ron Paul said about Cha-Ching Wisdom, 123 Practical Universal Truths About Money, the new book by Dr. David Berry. The cool part of this book, certainly it'll speak to you personally, your life, your lifestyle, your, your money, your investments, but it also can be generalized into the nation. What's going on as a nation? We do these same things as, personally that we do as a nation. Dr. Berry's book, Cha-Ching Wisdom, presents many facets of your relationship with the once almighty dollar and how current national and international politics affect your daily life. Some of the other things are about that. They're not just uh, economic, they're philosophical. There's psychology involved in this book. There's philosophy involved in this book. Read Cha-Ching Wisdom by Dr. David Barry, only $9.95, available at cha-chingwisdom.com. That's C-H-A-C-H-I-N-G wisdom.com. Cha-chingwisdom.com. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at 
forum.technightowl.com. Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightowl.com. We return with Joe Wilcox. He's an industry analyst one time, once upon a time now, writes for Beta News and elsewhere. We're talking about Nokia and about Microsoft and about, of course, the promise from Joe Wilcox that he would kiss the feet of Steve Ballmer, and we hope that Steve will first wash his feet. (laughs) He'll have an old-fashioned Southern Revival foot washing before he lets that happen, but as far as you're concerned, it ain't going to happen. Uh, that's correct. I think IDC is wrong. And, and why don't we look at recent track record? Well, well wait, let's, let's state very clearly what IDC predicts. IDC says that Windows Phone 7 slash mobile will go from 5.5% global smartphone OS market share in 2011 to 20.9% in 2015, which would make it number two in the market Yes, ahead of, uh, of Apple and also a research in motion. At the same time, uh, Symbian, which is Nokia's operating system, would go from 20.9% uh, market share to 0.2%. So that's the prediction. Uh, but the problem is that uh, IDC has been having some problems making predictions about the, the cell phone market recently. Uh, it, it seems unable to accurately forecast three or six months out. So it's hard to believe that uh, the firm can get it right in four years. So let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, in September, uh, IDC uh, forecast that the global smartphone uh, shipments would be 269.6 million. Uh, in reality, it was 303.4 million. And remember, the year ended just three months later. So something else, let me, let me look, I'm looking at my numbers here. Okay, um, IDC estimated that Android would have a 24.6% market share by 2014. It made that prediction in September. Hell, uh, Android had that uh, market share by the end of 2010, again, just three months later. Now, uh, IDC is saying that Android will actually have 39.5% market share this year, after, again, just six months ago, forecasting about 25% for 2014. You see the problem here? Someone long, long ago, uh, another galaxy far, far away, <laughs> making analyses of potential iPad sales. And by the time the analysis came out, the iPad had already sold more in those few months than the entire year forecast. So, you know, I don't know. You were a former industry analyst. So what's your take on getting things so damned wrong? Well, part of the problem is, well, there are a lot of issues here. So let's start with the fundamental, the, the, the most fundamental problem, which is this market is just changing so fast, it makes it difficult to, to, to get anything right. Uh, there's just the, the, cell phone, the cell phone market or smartphone market, it's like the PC, it's like the, the PC market in the 1990s. There's just like the, the newest thing today is obsolete tomorrow, or at least uh, in the eyes of the potential buyers, then we're going from you know single core to dual core cell phones. You know, lots of new features. Uh, now the tablets are coming along. We're seeing uh, we're going to see a similar progression there, and that makes it very difficult to guess what's going to happen. There's other things too. You know, it's there's there's not a lot of rocket science uh, behind this. There's a lot of, my experience as an analyst is a lot of guesswork when you deal with these numbers. 
uh, because you're, there are things you can't anticipate. For example, that uh, when uh, they did the original forecast, uh, when IDC did the original forecast, that the, the Verizon iPhone rack would come out, uh, was it, in February. So that has a huge impact on iPhone sales, and what a difference. Uh, they, uh, they had forecast that iPhone's, iPhone market share would decline to something like 10.9, maybe 11% by 2014. Now, IDC saying it's going to be over 15% through 2015. And part of that, I think, is anticipating a stronger iPhone demand than, than the analyst firm anticipated, and then also the effects of the Verizon deal. Other things you can't anticipate, like AT&T buying T-Mobile, that's going to uh, have a huge effect on the industry in the U.S. It's a big market. So, and of course, you know, the, the distribution deal between um, you know, Microsoft and Nokia. Okay, so, so the thing are- here is, if I'm looking at this deal with Microsoft and Nokia, okay, and I'm pronouncing it more of the European way than you are. Okay, I look at this deal. And I think from the standpoint of other companies, Microsoft is going to pour lots of money into Nokia as a result of this. So I'm Samsung, and I could build a phone. I could pay Microsoft licensing fees for Windows Phone 7, which really hasn't done that well. Or I say, you know what? I'll either use my own operating system or Android. Why would I bother with Microsoft? They're not doing anything for me. Um, well, that, that's going to be the question going forward, isn't it? Yeah, I believe Samsung does ship uh, Windows Phone 7 today. The question is, will it continue to do so tomorrow now that Microsoft has cut this deal with uh, uh, Nokia? Uh, I'll try the, the European pronunciation. <laughs> so um, do, you want, do you want to go back to some of the other issues with trying to do numbers like this? Sure. I think we should kind of project to our listeners when they read this stuff in the newspaper or online, they've got to understand where, where we're talking about here what we're really talking about, and what the pitfalls might be. Well, well, a couple issues. One is firms like IDC produce these reports because they want to sell them. And uh, uh, you know, if they get it out now, they can sell it, and then they can always sell another report you know, six months later or whenever uh, if they change the numbers. So there's an advantage to getting something out now to get to the clients. And also you have competitors like Gardner – that are issuing their own reports. And, you know, IDC would like to sell its reports rather than see Gardner get those sales instead. Um, uh, if, it's, if it's either or, and in, a, and in a weak economy, it could very well be that. You also have to ask, you know, who are the clients? And that's something I can't answer. You know, which of these companies are actually IDC clients? I'm assuming that Microsoft uh, is an IDC client, but I can't, you know, I can't say anything about you know, Google or Apple or anyone else, but that creates kind of an inherent conflict of interest. And uh, it's actually one of the reasons I'm not an analyst today is that, um, you know, I, I felt that there was just too much conflict of interest in that industry. And uh, I felt a little bit cleaner being a journalist uh, than, than an analyst. If you're just expressing your opinion, you could be wrong. So what? Maybe you're wrong sometimes. Big deal. It's not a big deal if you're an analyst and people are paying you a dollar to be right or pretty close to right. You know, that gets to be a problem because suddenly you might be beholden to certain manufacturers who pay 
a larger portion of the debts incurred by your company. And I'll mention a few names, but we don't have to. You know who they are. <laughs> you know, we don't have to mention Rob Enderley or someone like that. I'm not going to ask you to say that name. But the key is here, you know, if you're working for the company who you're analyzing and you're presenting something as an independent analysis, that doesn't work. That's a conflict of interest. But if you're a reporter and, you know, you want to get the story right, but if you give your opinion, you're a columnist, well, sometimes you'll be right, sometimes you'll be wrong, but so what? You know, we're just trying to do our best to analyze things. We have Joe Wilcox. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many files formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Daddy, I'm hungry. That little girl will get fed, for now. But what if people like Glenn Beck are right about the threats we face? If the U.S. dollar loses its status as the global reserve currency, prices on the things you need most will skyrocket. Food may be unaffordable, or worse, unavailable. Earthquakes, economic turmoil, continuing unemployment, rampant inflation, and even threats of terrorism are all reasons to let the experts at Ready Reserve Foods help you with a long-term food storage plan. Ready Reserve Foods has been a premier supplier of long-term storage foods for 37 years. Their unique process assures the highest quality long-term food storage available worldwide. Their products have a shelf life of 25 years, and a year's supply of quality food for two people only takes up about as much space as a refrigerator for a fraction of what you now pay at the grocery store. You owe it to your family to find out more from Ready Reserve Foods. Call today for their free full color catalog at 1-800-453-2202. That's 1-800-453-2202. If you suffer from poor sleep, you need my pillow. Guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. Using a patented fill, MyPillow adjusts to your exact individual needs by gently supporting your head, shoulders, and neck. MyPillow has a natural built-in cooling effect, keeping your cervical nerves cool, giving you the best sleep of your life. MyPillow will never go flat and relieve snoring, migraines, sleep apnea, fibromyalgia, and many other disorders. It's antimicrobial, non-allergenic, dust mite resistant, and best of all, machine washable and dryable. MyPillow is made in the USA, has an a rating with the Better Business Bureau comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and an industry-leading 10-year warranty. Order today at MyPillow.com or call 952-442-6199. That's 952-442-6199. Mention coupon code GCN and receive 20% off your order. What do you have to lose except poor sleep? MyPillow.com, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own, guaranteed. 
If you own a septic system or if you're facing costly septic system replacement, this message is for you. When you want to stop paying for pump outs and avoid backups, when you've had enough of the foul odors and costly repairs, use BioSafe One Septic Solution. Now there's an easy to use 100% guaranteed answer to all your septic system problems. BioSafe One Septic Solution. BioSafe One is patented and made specifically for all septic systems and made by the same team of scientists who help clean up the Exxon Valdez oil spill. BioSafe One decontaminates and removes sludge, stops costly pump outs and repairs and remove septic system stench all with a 100% success rate see what gives biosafe one septic solution the advantage over any other septic product at biosafe1.com that's b-i-o-s-a-f-e-o-n-e.com biosafe1.com or call toll-free 1-866-424-6663 that's 1-866-424-6663 biosafe one the guaranteed bio-friendly money-saving way to clean your septic system Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're listening to the Tech Night All Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. More time with Joe Wilcox. He is a former industry analyst, which is why he has all those great insights on how the process works. So now he's mostly a columnist, writes for Beta News and elsewhere. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. So looking at this in a situation that how do we even trust an analyst because of the potential for conflicts of interest and possibly trying to cater to a particular clientele, but then maybe the analysis is all wrong? Well, let me go back, and uh, I want to go back uh, to something else you said for, uh, or earlier, which uh, you know about the, rep- the the reporter. You know, if you get it wrong, well, no one cares. Well, in this case, I made myself accountable. If I said that uh, if Windows Phone Seven really is number two in 2015, I'd kiss Steve Bomber's feet. So I am making myself accountable for 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 what I write, at least in this instance. Uh, in the case of IDC. You have to think that uh, you have to look at, at the time frame. In 2015, who's going to care if if the if they got it wrong? And uh, and that's what they can. That's what what IDC and other analyst firms can be, hedge their bets on. When you make a prediction that far out, well, if they got you know who's good, who's going to come back and call them on it? Uh, is it going to be a journalist or a blogger? Is it going to be the, the 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 people in the company they worked with who may have moved on somewhere else, uh, not even working with the same people at those, at those different clients. Yeah, you can, <laughs> they, they, they can, they can get away from, from making these predictions. And, and also I want to say that I'm sure that they're, they're doing their best to try to be accurate. I just think that they're not taking in, uh, uh, taking everything into consideration in, in this case, there are just too many variables. And I think that any, any forecast this far out about the smartphone industry today is, um, is, is simply irresponsible. The issue also is the fact, part of the issue is the fact that more and more, it's very unfortunate, more and more of the people who are hired to be journalists, they don't do the research. They don't look up what this particular analyst said three years ago that was all wrong. They don't consider that. And well, I think that's unfortunate. You're not looking at the lessons of history. Does that analyst know what they're doing? They're hoping... Maybe that they'll get the answers. They may be wrong. They may be right. But what difference does it make? Because nobody will remember three years from now. Yeah, but does that journalist know what they're what they're talking about as well? I really feel that since the the economic collapse in two thousand eight, 
uh, even though I guess the recession started a, a year earlier. But since since that time, we've seen a, some really dramatic changes uh, in journalism and uh, or online journalism, and print, I guess, as well. And you see a lot of uh, uh, bloggers and, and reporters that will pick up on a story that you know somebody somebody has, and then they source that story, but they don't do any additional uh, original reporting. And so you have a lot of regurgitation of one source around the web as you know, as uh, different sites you know seek to get you know page views, uh, get readers in, in front of someone else, a little bit more sensational here and there, but not a lot of real accountability. And accountability starts with the source. And if if you're a journalist, you have to do original reporting. You have to source that yourself. And that's what I, I certainly what I try to do and. And, uh, you know, some of my, my good friend colleagues do, but it's, it, it's a changed time and it's very unfortunate. Even that, of course, again, it's a matter of accountability. Correct. And uh, it seems like the only accountability these days is to, uh, to getting more page views. Well, that way, at least you make money for the publisher. But in the end, you know, you take controversial viewpoints, too. But we have to look at the fact that, you know, you're saying, look, folks, this is an opinion. You'd well, be no, right. I mean, you could the, be wrong. It's an opinion. Well, it's not an opinion. I what I usually I do analysis writing. Right. Uh, anything that I write is in a commentary. I very clearly um, state that it's commentary. But a piece like this, you know, this is my analysis based on my experience as a journalist uh, for you know fifteen, sixteen years in and, and an analyst uh, for some time in between. Anything else we can cover with regard to Windows Phone 7? Do you see anything near this kind of uptake? You know, is uh, this going to be anything that anyone's concerned about? Even if it's not number one or number two, can it be ahead of the iOS in any way or basically stuck behind WebOS? Well, it's too early to say. And that's part of my problem with the, with the IDC analysis or, or any other is that because this market is changing so rapidly, it's, it's hard to make predictions even, even six months out. I mean, let's take a look at the tablet market. You know, iPad, I mean, Apple released iPad um, last year uh, in April. Uh, it was a very successful product. Uh, what, uh, I guess they sold about 15, if I recollect correctly, about 15 uh, million of these devices during the first nine months, generating... Uh, almost you know ten billion dollars in revenue. Uh, there were almost a hundred competing tablets announced at the Consumer Electronics Show in, show in January, and it looked like they were going to storm the market. But what happened instead? We've got uh, Android 3.0, uh, the codename or AKA Honeycomb, shipping on one tablet. Google saying that that Android 3.0 really isn't ready, and most of the other tablets we now see aren't coming until summer. And if you'd asked the analyst in December if that would be the situation in, uh, in March or April, uh, m- many of them would have said no. They would have expected that the Android tablets would have been right there, front and center, very competitive against the iPad 2, which was expected uh, around the time that it shipped. But they're not. Uh, so <laughs> it's hard to say, you know, three months or six months out what's going to happen, let alone a year or two years, and if you're looking for a reference point, just you know go back to the 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 PC wars of the 1990s, 
as HP and Dell and Compaq and, and uh, you know, all these other OEMs duked it out for market share and how quickly you know, new models uh, came out and how quickly Intel released new chips. And then AMD came along and there was a, a, a processor war for a while. And it's just new thing after new thing after new thing and a market in transition. And that's really where we are today. You know, it's still the who could have thunk it stage. They're still <laughs> having a heck of a time selling, getting enough iPad 2s to sell out there. Right now, I gather there's a big market over at eBay. You know, people go manage to buy one of these things, and they resell it at eBay for twice the price because people can't wait three weeks, which to me seems almost absurd. I mean, if I can't get it today, I'll get it tomorrow. I say this, you know, understand that... Apple sent me one to review. You know, it's cool. You know, I got one to review. I have to send it back, which is unfortunate because then my wife's looking at it and saying, why can't you keep one? Oh, they gave you a black one. I want to have a white one. So suddenly I'm forced to have to go buy her one, which is fine. I'll get her one for Mother's Day, maybe. That's nice. I mean, she deserves it. She puts up with me for 35 years. Wow, long time. Isn't that amazing? You know? Yeah, it is amazing. She's an extraordinary woman, so therefore she deserves iPads, golds, jewelry, whatever I can afford. Uh, no Rolls Royces, though, because this show is not that popular yet. Okay, so with the iPad 2, there's no stopping it. People are lining up around the world. They can't wait to get one. And I gather Apple is somehow fighting to keep that supply chain going. They'll even pay more money for components because of the earthquake in Japan to keep it going. Did you expect anything like this? Um, well, yes, and well, no one could have anticipated the earthquake, uh, obviously, and what impact that might have. Uh, but in terms of uh, you know everything else, I mean, d- demand is is definitely uh, more than I would have expected. Uh, but also, it's hard to gauge how much Apple was prepared. You know, keep in mind that because of its penchant for secrecy, uh, Apple tends to start its manufacturing and distribution process very late with respect to the announcement, meaning. It's not in stores on the day of the announcement. Sometimes so, what they do is they send it to the store, but it's hidden away in some kind of drop cloth with <laughs> admonitions, do not open this on penalty of Steve Jobs sending <laughs> sending Steve Bomber's minions to basically <laughs> make <laughs> to put nails in your tires. Hey, we've got Joe Wilcox. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Hey, neighbors, Nuance offers Dragon speech recognition for a variety of platforms. Dragon Dictate for Mac, Dragon Naturally Speaking 11 for Windows, and Dragon Mobile Apps for BlackBerry, iPhone, and iPad. No matter how you compute, Dragon instantly converts what you say into text, helping you be more productive just by talking. Find out more at GetDragon.com. That's GetDragon.com. GetDragon.com. 
You expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. You really can lose weight while you're sleeping. Guaranteed. AffinityDiet.com introduces Lose and Snooze and the One Day Diet. Great tasting Lose and Snooze from AffinityDiet.com is the first step in our guaranteed weight loss system. Lose and Snooze will help your body get a deep restorative sleep without the harmful side effects of pharmaceutical drugs. And during deep natural sleep, your body starts to shed unwanted pounds, build lean muscle, and lose inches. Add AffinityDiet.com's One Day Diet waivers and your metabolism keeps going with all the vitamins and minerals you need with no rebound effect. But don't worry, you're never more than 24 hours from your favorite foods. Learn more about Lose and Snooze and the One Day Diet at AffinityDiet.com spelled A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y diet.com or call toll free 855-663-3438 That's 855-663-3438 Finally, a diet that succeeds where others have failed from AffinityDiet.com Never buy home canning jar lids again. No kidding. When you buy Tadler reusable canning lids once, you'll never buy canning lids ever again. Safely store emergency preparedness foods for years. Traditional metal lids are single-use throwaways containing BPA. But Tadler reusable canning lids are guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning. Tadler lids are made with a USDA and FDA-approved food-grade plastic, safe for direct food contact, and contain no BPA. Tadler lids are dishwasher safe, usable with standard pressure or water bath canning, eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard mason jars are indefinitely reusable and are proudly made in the usa place orders at reusablecanninglids.com or call 1-877-747-2793 877-747-2793 call 877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com that's reusablecanninglids.com for tadler reusable canning lids the original since 1976 <clears throat> Sore throat? Spray that with Dermatol. <coughs> Diaper rash? Spray that with Dermatol. Ouch! Burn or cut? Spray that with Dermatol for shockingly fast relief. If you had room for only one first aid product in your preparedness kit, you need Dermatol because it works on almost every skin irritation or injury. All natural Dermatol brings amazing relief to burns, cuts, scrapes, bites, boils, shingles, rashes, elderly skin tears, even chronic diabetic ulcers and bed sores. Dermatol is an all natural antimicrobial, antiviral, and antifungal wound cleanser that speeds healing with no side effects, is safe for all ages and skin types, and is even safe enough to spray on sore throats or onto sore eyes. Read our many testimonials at Dermatol.com, spelled D-E-R-M-A-T-O-L.com. Order online at Dermatol.com or call 800-217-6677. That's 800-217-6677. Effective, efficient, economical. Spray it all with Dermatol. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. You're listening to the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. Our last segment of the episode of the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg, we have former industry analyst Joe Wilcox, probably glad he's not one now. 
Because how could you have expected what happened with the iPad? Not just the first iPad, but the iPad 2. And there's a quote from somebody at Microsoft this week. Oh, it's just a fad. Yeah, it's a hula hoop. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a hula hoop. Yeah, that was uh, that was Craig uh, Monday uh, Mundy, and who is uh, Microsoft's uh, chief strategy officer. Um, so he's kind of responsible for for research and you know what's supposed to happen in the future. So um, what do you what do you, right. what do you does he of- ever get it right? Does this guy ever get anything right? I mean, they were saying things about the iPhone now about the iPad. So why believe them? Well, I mean, he's saying that he's not sure that it has a future. I think he's wrong. But also, this is the same guy that uh, during Microsoft's uh, financial analyst meeting in 2009 uh, said the future of the PC is a room. And um, so he talked about a room that would respond to you and that that would be the successor uh, to, the, to the PC. I'm, I'm looking for the exact uh, uh, qu- quote here because it's kind of uh, – uh, yeah, he said there will be a successor to the to the desktop. It'll be the room. Uh, I don't know about you, but I would much rather you know take the room with me uh, in an iPad or a smartphone or a laptop. What can I tell you? <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe he needs to be in a room. Well, you know, the, you could you could argue that uh, uh, that being in the room. Where the guy you know sitting around with the Xbox games, Xbox games, streaming movies, uh, doing social networking is is kind of like the stereotypical nerd nirvana, where they just never go out and meet real people and and have real interactions. They're not seeing the real world. But then, what is Microsoft going to do if their plan of making Windows Phone Seven doesn't really do as well? Are they going to have Windows Phone 8? Will they call it the Rock Phone or something? Will they just change <laughs> the name and try again? What are they going to do if this doesn't work? Well, you know, Microsoft, let's be fair to Microsoft, you know, for a moment here. Um, the company has done some, some really good things in how it launched, uh, you know, Windows Phone 7. Uh, the marketing is exceptionally good. Uh, the, uh, the, the decision to kind of set a standard around the hardware or minimum standard for, for its OEM partners was, was very smart. So at least there's a minimum uh, with that uh, you know, dedicated start button and the actual hardware. And uh, that helps bring some stability you know, to, the, to that platform. So those are good things. And then there's others too, but uh, let's not you know, totally you know, fall Microsoft here. And you know, the whole idea of the Nokia deal is to gain market share fast. And also in markets where Windows Phone would be harder to reach quickly, such as you know the BRIC countries, Brazil, Russia, India, and China, where Nokia has huge presence. So there's some legitimacy. There's actually a lot of legitimacy to the strategy as kind of jump-starting in, in a very far-behind situation. But, of course, that's different than IDC's forecast which doesn't take, really take into account all the negative um, variables that may happen between now and 2015. But it still comes back to this here. Windows Phone 7, if this doesn't assert itself as that third force with Apple and Google and Microsoft, it doesn't happen. 
Where does Microsoft go with that thing? They can't just live on Windows 7. They're after me from Microsoft, ladies and gentlemen. You hear that? You hear that motorcycle? Where do they go? What do they do next? How many initiatives can they fail on before they say, you know what, we have to think of a new strategy? Well, we still don't know that this one will actually fail. You know, we have to see how it, again, how it plays out. And I'm, uh, it, like everything else with this market, it's too early to say what's going to happen, which I think is, uh, has been my point all along about IDC's forecast. But how do we bring this back to Apple? I mean, your, your audience, right, um, the, our, our Apple users, right? Well, you know, understand, since we've been on the network, our audience is much, much more involved than that. Okay. okay. So, yeah, we have Apple, but we bring on a lot of people from more traditional PC magazines like Laptop Magazine, mm-hmm. PCMag.com. So, no, it used to be, but now our audience is more wide-ranging. Okay. Well, do you want to talk about Apple or skip them then? No, we've got to talk about Apple. Okay. Well, if you look at the actual numbers um, of sales of iPhones in the United States, uh, they were flat uh, for you know almost uh, Apple's market share was flat for um, all of all of uh, 2010, even with the introduction of the very popular iPhone 4. And IDC's forecast also is looking at uh, Apple you know, being flat uh, through 2015. Again, it's too early to say, but if IDC is right, uh, Apple's market share will, in, in smartphone operating systems will only be about 15% versus about 45% for Android. So the question then is, you know, does Apple need to grow, grow uh, its market share or is that really immaterial uh, to the success of its platform, I'm thinking that it's potentially immaterial as Apple builds out, you know, iPad uh, alongside of, of iPhone as kind of the, uh, the the two pillars of its of its iOS uh, strategy. Well, we're going to have to see where Apple takes this. You know, I mean, Apple is nice about surprising everybody. <laughs> you know, you can't predict it. I guess the iPad too was highly predictable. What they did. You know, we figure they're going to change the case. They'll try to make it lighter. They'll add the cameras. They'll make it faster. I suppose the same can be said for the next iPhone. Whether it comes in the summer or the fall, iPhone 5 or whatever Apple's going to call it is going to be faster maybe with some case redesigns. You know, well, Apple can be predictable sometimes when they're not amazing people. Right. Or, um, you know, they won't rush. I mean, my feeling is Apple doesn't need to rush to get out iPhone uh, 5 iPhone 4 um, is a very solid product in terms of the things that matter to many consumers in terms of the size, the weight, uh, the clarity of the screen, um, most importantly, the battery life. And uh, Apple can't seem to ship enough to sell. The demand is, uh, exceeds, uh, ex- exceeds what they can put on store shelves. So when you got a hot product like that, you don't just displace it with something new. You maximize sales uh, for as long as you can. Well, okay. You know, this is something that's going to have to be, as they say, fascinating to cover. And uh, we do not expect that we're even going to be able to have the right answers because we never can. All these companies hopefully will surprise us that that makes the entire tech universe so exciting. So tell us, what are you working on? What stuff can we expect to see from Jill Wilcox? Uh, well, uh, I'll be following uh, everything that's going on in the, in the mobile market. 
uh, for certain over the next few months. We have um, a number of new tablets coming out, uh, the playbook from, from RIM and uh, uh, a number of Android devices, including the, uh, the Samsung Galaxy Tab 8.9 and 10.1. And uh, you know, all the things happening in the, in the smartphone market. Google will be releasing uh, uh, Chrome OS fairly soon, and we'll see some notebooks around that operating system, cloud-based, a lot, lot to cover there. You know, Microsoft is pushing forward with its cloud strategy, uh, updating Windows Phone uh, 7. There are rumors that uh, you know, Windows uh, 8 may be uh, on the horizon. And so, yeah, there's a lot going on that I'll be covering, particularly around those three companies and, and the mobile, mobile the, what I call the cloud-connected device space. Mm, fascinating. It's also fascinating to check out more of the stuff that we do. Go to technightowl.com. That is technightowl.com where I have my commentaries about what I think is going on. Sometimes I have reviews as well. So, for example, a recent coverage of the iPad 2. There's a new Lexmark printer came out a few months ago called Genesis. Fascinating to look at. We also have the Twitter account, Tech Night Hour Twitter. That's Tech Night Hour Twitter. Don't forget, if you have a comment or a question about the Tech Night Owl Live, we want to hear from you. Just write us, news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. I guarantee we will read each and every letter we get. Our amazing radio show called The Paracast about UFOs, things that go bump in the night. And maybe they'll find out why Joe Wilcox got the flat tire. Paracast.com. That's paracast.com. Joe, thank you so much for joining us this week on The Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks, Jake. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.